0: The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our
1: new Podcast One app.
2: Welcome to Don't Bet On It. I'm R.J. Bell, joined by the hot take, hot shot, Steve Cofield. And what we do every week, released every Friday... We look at the hottest takes of the week, and then we give the Vegas verdict on those takes. Cofield, how are we doing? I'm good. Ready with some hot takes. You ready? Ready to counter some hot takes. You seem a little tired, which means we might get some truth out of you. But some, I, I tell you, too, too much Steve Cofield truth might not be good for anybody. Got us all in trouble a couple weeks ago with some, with some listeners. <laughs> That's always the way it is.
0: <laughs> Showtime! Woo! Woo!
2: All right, in this show, we're going to be talking about NBA integrity, literally losing games on purpose, stat packing. Also, we're going to look at the NBA title odds entering the playoffs. I have a bonus free pick. Didn't give this on the Dream Preview this week because I didn't have it. Going to slide it in right here. And with the NBA talk, we're going to have a face-off. Stephen A. Smith, Colin Cowherd. That is like... That's like uh, two top seeds on hot takes going at it. We're talking Josh Rosen. We're talking uh, the hottest take of the week is Collins back with Sam Darnold love. I mean, this is love. This is a like, like this is love Mayweather MMA. And we're also going to be talking about the feel good NBA story of the year. Plus Cofield's get off my lawn. But first, well, this is classic hot take talk. So what we have here, Cofield, why don't you set it up? Kaepernick in the news again.
1: So the reports come out from uh, first Adam Schefter saying that, uh, well, I'll just read it. After arranging for Colin Kaepernick to work out for the Seahawks this week, Seattle postponed the trip when the quarterback declined to stop kneeling during the national anthem next season. Ian Rappaport clarified if it's accurate, said the Seahawks did postpone a tentatively scheduled workout with Kaepernick it was not because he said he declined to stop kneeling. The team asked for a plan moving forward on how to handle everything. And there was not a firm plan. Now you follow
2: social media in, on the sports side, especially quite closely. What was the reaction? And if you want to split it up to the first report from Shafty and then the follow-up, you know, potential clarification and quotes
1: What what did you see? What was the zeitgeist? I saw a lot of the Kaepernick backers come out and say, see, we told you it has nothing to do with football. We've told you the entire time. It's all about the kneeling.
2: Well, first off, does anyone let's see if there's anything worthy of debate here. Does anybody think in this case, you're standing in the Greek chorus of everybody or anybody is it reasonable for anybody to think if Kaepernick was were as good as Aaron Rodgers, he'd be in the
1: league? Yes. You agree? Yes. That's I, an easy one. That's easy. I so. can answer that.
2: <laughs> now, does anyone think that his kneeling, his, uh, you know, the quote unquote disruptions around his protest, Kaepernick's, had nothing to do with it? I mean, I don't think anyone was saying this was irrelevant, right? Maybe yeah. maybe some lawyers have to in a given sense. But in general, I think we all agree, a la Ray Rice, a la, what was that, Hardy, the Cowboys, d lineman, is it's like a spreadsheet, as we've talked about here in a pregame.com all the time. How good is the player and does he have any detriments, any demerits we're going to take? And Kaepernick, at least perceived by most NFL teams, it would seem, and I don't know what every NFL team's analysis is, some could say, oh, you know, even without demerits, he's not a good enough quarterback for us because the Eagles wouldn't want him, right? He's not better than any other. No one's going to say Kaepernick's better than the Eagles' two quarterbacks, right? So some are going to say, hey, he's not good enough for us. It doesn't matter. Others are going to say, you know, he is slightly better than our second stringer. But when you take the demerit away from the distraction, the distraction factor, he's not worth it to us. Who is going to debate any of that reasonably?
1: No, and it's a percentage deal. You know, uh, there are people out there who will say 90% of it is just based on football. And yeah, the kneeling is a distraction, but he just can't play in this league. And they think that's the strongest factor.
2: What do you think is going on?
1: I think it's a kneeling. I think it's a PR deal. I've always thought that. Of course, he can play in the league. There are terrible backup quarterbacks around the league. There's no one who will argue that he wouldn't be at least a top five backup quarterback and maybe better than the bottom five starting quarterbacks.
2: Whoa, whoa. I will argue that he's not a top five backup quarterback. I don't even think. First of all, how was his results last year? We didn't play. So at what point are we going to start saying sitting out for a Muhammad Ali now, obviously, that was three plus years, was the fastest, best, you know, many would say only that last fight, I think it was in the Houston Astrodome against a guy named Williams, but I'm, I'm just going by memory, but if you look at that Astrodome fight, which I think was his last one, it, and it's on YouTube, the most impressive heavyweight fight I've ever seen. The speed, I'm not sure who would have beat that guy, right, in the history Comes back three plus years later. Now we can all debate. Well, he was, when he came back, he was, I think he was like maybe 28. So you could say, okay, physically, he's starting to, I don't, you know, back then, 28 was maybe the beginning of the downward slope. But the best we can go by is Kaepernick, which would be what, 20 months, like at the start of this season, Mm -hmm. 20 months ago? Right. I mean, are you, and, and how good was he? I mean, he got benched during that season, he did. didn't he? Yeah, he did. And they and, lost and a who, lot. And who replaced him? Wasn't, I don't remember either, but it wasn't a super good. <laughs> 49ers Blaine. didn't have a
1: backup. It was, was Blaine Gabbard. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> so at the time, did it seem absurd that they benched him?
1: No. So how top five backup? I think no he's right. a number two backup. Number two backup. Behind Foles. You got, listen, you just gave me a smirk. No, I really, because we don't do smirks here. Here here are the backups. You ready? I'm going to go through. Yes, I do. Colt McCoy. All right. Blaine Gabbard. Okay. Well, 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 he just got benched for Gabbard 20 months
2: ago, but I still think he's
1: better than him. I think Gabbard's (laughs) actually shown himself to be pretty awful quarterback Uh, from there. CJ Beathard, Landry (laughs) Jones. You can't can't pause after everyone. Just give us three. (laughs) EJ Manuel, Teddy Bridgewater, Davis Webb. Tom Savage. But, no. hold
2: on, Teddy Bridgewater.
1: I think right right Bridgewater. now, you
2: would rather have Kaepernick than Bridgewater. No, Bridgewater's younger with more
1: upside and more so time. That, so
2: that means that, that if you no. have a choice for a backup, you'd rather have Bridgewater.
1: No, my choice on the backup is who's going to play this year. But but why would no teams think that? Bridgewater. Bridgewater. Why wouldn't it, why, hold on. Yeah.
2: Why wouldn't your decision about where Kaepernick should be be driven by the way NFL teams think? Which is a combination of salary, mm-hmm. right? A combination of how young, meaning do they have a, you know, you said upside. I think
1: that's the perfect word.
2: And how good are they now?
1: Bridgewater on a good team is not better than Kaepernick. Bridgewater on a bad team is better than Kaepernick. You get what I'm saying? He's a developmental guy. So for the Jets, Bridgewater is a good match. For the Patriots, Bridgewater wouldn't be a great match. You want someone who can actually play.
2: How about the fact that you pretty, I mean, by most X's and O accounts, mm-hmm and again, I don't act like I know enough in that area, and I think that humility is important, right? Because I do know a lot of X's and O's, but less than 10% of what even a college football coach would know, much less probably, is Kaepernick, you've got to build your offense around him. So how do you do that with a backup quarterback, unless your offense is like that to start with? Is he better than Brandon Why don't Wheaton? you say
1: good point? Well, because it's not, because there are six, well... <laughs> should should your backup match your starter? It, yes, schematically. there are six or seven teams that have that, and they continue to bring in stiffs at backup quarterback. Brandon Whedon doesn't match Deshaun Watson style. And that's probably a problem. Derek Anderson doesn't match Cam now, Newton
2: style. Now, I will say this. If the starter, and this is a subtle point, so perk up. If, <laughs> if the starter is mobile and it's more of a, uh, you know, college type offense. And the two you just named were like that. Mm-hmm. Having a backup that's more conventional makes sense because every team, obviously it's still a disruption in a way if you had to transition, but going to what standard is much easier than going from standard to something that is unusual. So do, give me a situation where there's a a, a, a super mobile backup quarterback, a running backup quarterback.
1: Hmm. There aren't many. I also don't When think you
2: say so when you say not many you mean none.
1: There may be none. I could look through the list. Now that's a good point. Yeah.
2: And, and and again, let's agree that it's some of it is talent or or perform, likely performance and some of it is they perceive it to be a distraction. If you were running an NFL team, and I'm not saying coming in and thinking I'm going to do it differently than anyone's ever done it before, sure. but if you said I'm going to, you know, try to be as conventional as possible because obviously, or maybe not as conventional as possible, but my starting point's going to be convention, and then I'm only going to vary when I think there's a really good reason. Do you think you even making these GM decisions would downgrade Kaepernick because of the distraction factor? Maybe not enough to exclude them, but would, do you agree there is
1: a, de, uh, a detriment there, a negative? Yes, I would downgrade them. It also depends on the market, uh, but I also believe that the distraction would go away pretty quickly. And I actually, I'm kind of intrigued by Seattle saying, "Hey, we need a plan,"
2: which I think is super. If if, if the Schefter thing is right,
1: I don't, the, I don't like the Schefter thing. Yeah, at the, all. Like we're hey, we're we're out. Wait, you're not going to talk about it. You should have a plan. Any team should have I a plan. agree. I agree. With you that. know, you're going to encounter a big pushback for at least a little bit of time.
2: Yeah, I think that if, if you, for those inclined to be critical, it's, some people are going to say leagues should be able to decide no matter what, right? And, you know, and I'm not an attorney, but there's protected groups and all that. So, you obviously the league shouldn't be, and I don't even know how all that works with labor law, but beyond what would be against the law, and I think a lot of people would say the laws are wrong if it restricts the teams in any way. But beyond that, I think there's a lot of people that would say, Le- uh, teams should decide, as long as they're not breaking the law, any way they want. Um, others are going to say, "Oh, the leagues owe society and social justice more." Um, I think we both agree. Saying, "Hey, if you won't stop kneeling, you uh, we're not interested." Sounds harsher than, "Hey, we know this is going to be some level of distraction. How are you going to handle it?" Which now skeptics might say that's just another way to say, we want to hear if you're going to kneel or not. That isn't as uh, easy to be critical
1: of. I believe the second report, this is the second time Seattle's going to kick the tires. If they do give him another workout, they did it last year. So I think they have interest in bringing them in. And I think Pete Carroll's the right guy. I don't even think that market actually could handle it. I think there are some markets that. No, I agree. Houston, well, which goes Houston's back to the Rosen,
2: Rosen and Cleveland situation though. Right? You're just, you're making that
1: case. Well, The difference with Rosen is I don't think we can exactly pinpoint what his issues are going to be. We know the issue specifically with (laughs) Capricorn.
2: We know the issues that's been discovered so far, right? For a guy. And again, you can say, Oh, it was righteous and all that. That's a reasonable opinion. I I think it's reasonable that that many people disagree with it. But when you, and in this case, I think there's probably going to be many more that disagree with it. But when you, and we talked about when you wear the pig, you know, police pig socks, Mm -hmm. Right. One day he didn't wear those, and one day he did. Who knows what's next? That was a misstep. No doubt about it.
1: Something you should look into. Me. Maybe maybe for future shows. Uh, P- big so- sure- like socks that... Oh, make sure, on the Kaepernick topic, make sure you read up on what Robert Kraft did this week, visiting Meek Mill, who's okay. a guy who's in trouble with the law, who's in jail, prison, in Pennsylvania. People feel like he's in there unjustly, and Robert Kraft visited him, said he's a great guy, and we've got to fix our justice system. OK,
3: like, so wait a, wait a
1: second here. I thought that was what this is, what the Kaepernick thing was all about in the first place. Well, but it was uh, a battle against the justice system and uh, potentially troublesome law enforcement. But
2: again, no, so an owner can do this uh, again. We've talked about this, so it's not worth rehashing. But the 45 second version, I think the amount of people out there, they're going to say, I don't want to hear about social justice from or, or criminal justice, which is different. Right? Social justice has become. I think a uh, a very divisive term, right? Social justice warrior. Okay, so let's forget about that for a minute or forget about it, is if we only could. <laughs> but the idea of saying, oh, criminal justice needs looked at, I think the amount of people would say, yeah, you know, we don't want people in jail that should, you know, unfairly. I don't know, is it 80, 90%? And you might, that's going to agree with that. Now you might say, well, what, which percentage wouldn't, well, some are going to say, Hey, we can't trust any reevaluations anyway. And Hey, if we have an extra X number in jail of people, um, as long as we got mostly criminals in there, it's fine. Now the whole American system goes against that, right? We'd rather have a hundred guilty men on the street than one innocent man in jail, But I think a small percentage is going to be pretty staunch. Otherwise, hey, we only want criminals in jail. Okay. Now, let's say that's 85%. I'll be optimistic. Is I think a certain percentage are going to say, hey, this is a serious conversation. I don't need some 23-year-old athlete to tell me about it. All right. A millionaire. I've got my own problems. So that's going to take off a percentage, right or wrong. Then I think you're going to get pretty much to... That, 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 I don't know, 50-50, maybe 60 is going to say, Hey, I don't want to hear it all day and all night, but that athlete has a right to protest. Do those numbers feel re- Now, the last piece is going to be the way they did it, which I think swings it, you know, much lower. Do you agree with those general? And again, we're guessing here back in the napkin numbers about the different universes. Sure. Okay. Now, and this is where, quite frankly, I probably, Fell, uh, You know, it's so complicated, but here's what I'll say. Some very reasonable people I know said, listen, is you want to do something before you want to do something after? And that's something I've said. I would say no problem. But the act of doing it during. I mean, let me ask you this question. If Kaepernick would say, I'm going to spit on. I'm going to pull out. And obviously he hasn't said this. So let's just not even use his name. If a player said NFL during the national anthem, I'm going to take out a flag. And at some point during it, a little mini flag, at some point during it, I'm going to spit on the flag. Hmm. And Oh, by the way though, don't overreact because I'm doing this because of criminal justice. And I think we've fallen short and we got to draw attention to it. And me spitting on this flag is going to be the best way I can get attention to it. How would you respond?
1: I'd want to talk it out. And I would explain to him. I don't think that's, going to be the best way. I think uh, going to he, take he's away from your taking, message.
2: He's not taking your counsel. It's going to take You're away from your message. You're a radio guy in Vegas. Yeah, it's going to take away
1: from your message. Okay. So
2: I think this all for mo- a lot of people comes down to is the act of kneeling or sitting. Because remember, it started with sitting, mm-hmm. right? And the complaint was, well, that's disrespectful. So now it's like it's the. The question is, is that act disrespectful in that to the flag, it's what the flag represents, and if you believe it is disrespectful, you can say, "Hey, social justice or criminal justice, I think maybe deserves more attention." But I don't think the flag, net, net. I think this country deserves respect, net, net. To me, that's where all of this can get hyperbolic and people get screaming. But I think it zeroes down to that. The question. To, any last thoughts on that? The question to me is to end this topic: is Is it fair to ask any team to sign a player? if they think that player, if they, that team think that player is going to hurt their chances to win.
1: No, it's not fair. All right. So I'm wondering how you're measuring. It's going to hurt their chances to win that,
2: but isn't that the, isn't that the individual right of each team? Yes, certainly. And I think that brings up an interesting point. If this were the PGA where there's no teams, there's just participants. Mm -hmm. If Kaepernick were a golfer and The PGA suspended him, let's say, because he did whatever that they thought this is egregious. Now, as time passes or there's a reevaluation, should Kaepernick have a right to golf? You could say the PGA might say collectively, we think he's going to hurt our bottom line. Having this guy who's so divisive is going to hurt our bottom line. Do they have a right to say you're going to lifetime suspension? I actually think in that case you could make a better argument the league as a whole can collectively deal with some negative, some net bottom line negatives, as long as it doesn't benefit anybody over anybody else. In the NFL, if you somehow forced a team to take him and they thought it was going to be, and I don't even see how that would happen, then you'd have one team paying the price And the other teams would benefit from the negative they have to deal with. Again, under the belief that these teams seem to have that he would be a negative. I think you could make the case with something like the PGA that, hey, as long as no other players are getting advantage, you have to deal with the the potential negative. So I think the NFL and the individual teams makes this even more complicated.
1: You think there's any chance that the league would talk to a team or two and say, you know what? Sign him, please, because we've got this collusion case we're dealing with and this looks really bad. But in a weird way, it's almost like if they sign him, you know, you almost kind of make
2: the case that last year was collusion. He hasn't gotten better.
1: Because frankly, I think that's what they I think that's what they did with Michael Sam. I kind of feel like the Rams did the league a solid by drafting Michael Sam, knowing that he was a absolute long shot to make the league. Well, but in a way, if if, if
2: if the player isn't going to make the team likely and he's a seventh-round choice, you're not really asking right. for too much. And I'm sure that happens all the time. Hey, and, and by the way, wait a minute. It was the Rams that drafted him, right? And it was the Ram. I never thought of this. We've got to get conspiracy theory music. <laughs> Hold on. And it was when they were in La- It was in St. Louis, right? And had the move to L.A. been finalized? Like 100%? I don't remember the timeline. Ooh, because think about it. Which t- what team in the last couple years needed the good graces of the league the most?
1: I'm not going conspiracy on this. From what, from what <laughs> this is no, sharper. No.
2: Sh- this is a great point.
1: Well, because now, because what I've what I've read on this is that Stan Kroenke swings such a big one that everyone's afraid of him. That he threatens so many lawsuits, and he's the richest owner in football. But maybe that, they him, but, but
2: who's to say they go to him? and say, hey, listen, you're right. This could be a war. Do us this, and we don't want a war. Do us this one favor, and we'll let it happen.
1: They, uh, they shocked the, well, they shocked the hell out of the Chargers and Raiders, right? Everyone thought the Chargers and Raiders were getting Carson, and all of a sudden the Rams come in, and they got first dibs. Hey, one last thing, one correction. Hold on, hold on. Yeah,
0: Thanks for enlightening me on this particular subject, RJ. I mean, since you weren't giving me love for that
1: one, man, I, I'm going to give
2: you another chance. That was great.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Totally unnecessary correction, but uh, there's actually a new big white guy behind Cam Newton. It's uh, Garrett Gilbert, who's 6'4", 230, who also can't really move. Instead of Derek Anderson. So I mentioned that like oh, 10 okay, minutes ago. Okay. I want to make sure I get hey, some of the facts get correct the, Some of them, a minimum. I, I didn't have every backup quarterback memorized. By the way, what happened to the rest of the list? You kind of lost interest there, huh? Well, we'll
2: yeah, have to because the stuff you <laughs> said disqualified you from talking about backup quarterbacks. Not at all. <laughs> you brought get, up a Bridgewater case. Yeah, yeah that, he, that
1: was bad. He, he certainly can be a backup quarterback in this league, whether we agree or disagree that he's a top five backup.
2: My very last point on this topic... And this is something, and I didn't see the whole story, but Anthony Robbins, the motivational guy, got in trouble with the Me Too. But one of the things he said, um, I, I've heard in many places, is, and I think we've talked about it today. Hey, we're getting, we're, I, I think it's a seventh or eighth show. We're starting to cover a global view of the debates out there. But we were talking about how, if you think this group, whoever the group is, might be, uh, women or attractive women or this minority or this handicap, whatever some protected group, and not in a legal sense, but let's say in the media where there would be outrage is if you f- feel like if there's a tie between someone in that group and someone not in that in, in that group or in one of these groups and you 're thinking, well, you know this this 50 year old white guy is not going to be able to sue me for anything or not be able to go to the press for anything. And this person, whatever the group is, doesn't really matter. Could. I mean, wouldn't, if you're just looking at pure utility now listeners might say, some would say, well, wait a minute though. Pure utility would say, why have handicapped bathrooms? Why have ramps, you know, where that obviously affects the bottom line. And, as a society, we've decided there's a bare minimum that 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 businesses need to do, right? But and we can debate that or not. I think most people agree with that to to some degree, right? Where that goes is how far is a question. If and and I think you I think you said this yourself, Steve. Is if if you felt like there was even a a whiff of oh this person could be litigious or this is the kind of person that would run to the media. I mean, isn't that a factor in who you hire? And my point being, (laughs) Seattle, if they didn't bring in Kaepernick, they wouldn't be in the crosshairs now. The fact they brought him in, kicked the tires, is causing them to look bad.
1: They tried, and now they're being penalized for it. Yeah.
2: Pregame.com, I'm RJ Bell. Across the table from the hot take, hot shot, Steve Cofield. We've got so much interesting stuff on NBA game integrity, not with gambling, but with NBA <laughs> itself. Let's start with losing games on purpose. We've talked about tanking for draft choices. This is Golden State losing by 40 points against the Jazz. And the talk was, and it doesn't even matter why, Golden State would be a little better off in the playoffs. It was the speculation if they lost this game. What did you think about the performance of
1: Golden State? I think we've gone too far down this path of thinking about sports intelligently, that every game doesn't matter. Every game is not the same. I don't know how we turn back from here. Well, I want to get mad in that individual spot for the ticket buyers, for the viewers. They're doing the right thing, right? If the goal is to win a title, but that's what every sir, fan should but, be interested in. But you in. talked
2: about ticket buying. People bought tickets that
1: night. I know, and and that's the one thing that always holds me back on this is that there are consumers. Maybe that's the only game they could get a ticket to all year, and then they're treated to that crap.
2: I mean, would this be crazy? And I'm just thinking of this on the cuff here, off the cuff. If the league ascertains you've done anything where you haven't maxed efforted the game, that you lose... A hundred percent, like somehow, some way all the revenue generated from that game (laughs) on your part goes back to the fans.
1: So, okay. What kind of proof would qualify?
2: Well, what kind of proof in anything qualifies, right? You'd set a standard, right? And we, obviously if somehow they were going to do this, which, which they aren't, that would be the devil's in the details. But let's forget those details. Let's say it was a, you know, when they decide if they're going to suspend someone for a forearm to the face, it's subjective, right? The, the head of uh, suspensions or whatever, Rob Thorne, right? I think he used to be the guy, would decide subjectively. So let's assume it could be decided in a reasonable way. And then you're saying, you want to buy a tank job? Fine, buy it. But we're going to give the fans their money back. Now, if you're on the road, you figure out how to give those fans their <laughs> money back. It's
1: a Pandora's box. I don't think they can even <laughs> yeah, but dare you're, to you're, open it. But you're right in that, that that's who's
2: being wronged here. And then the integrity of the game is being wronged. All right. Well, PTI, Kornheiser, if he thought that this was a quote unquote good loss by Golden State. I'm
0: gonna be very brief here. It does not constitute a good loss, it constitutes a great loss, it constitutes a perfect loss. The
1: Warriors tanked and they tanked deliberately. Steve Kerr met the media before the can you game. Tank
0: 10? They tanked by ten? They tanked by fifteen. If you're gonna tank, tank oh, big. Please. Don't give yourself a Come chance. On. Steve Kerr met the media beforehand and he acknowledged that if they, that if that team lost, they would avoid Russell Westbrook, who was the one guy in the league who can beat you by himself in a series, and they would avoid Utah, which for some reason is their nemesis this year. Because yeah, they lost him by them all twenty, thirty, and yeah. forty. Yeah, so I mean, the, that, it was it was the, it was the strategy. You always talk about strategy. You always talk about wait, tanking. Wait, 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 wait. They tanked and they won.
2: Got- <laughs> he's, hey, he's being he's being cl- uh, clear about it, yeah. right? Okay, so to me, I did see that Kerr interview, and it disturbed me. What he said was, and very logical, but boy, this is opening even more of a Pandora's box, as you say. He said. He doesn't want his players taking charges this time of year. Do you see that?
1: I did not, but that is a little disturbing. Now, so it's like it's one <laughs>
2: thing to sit your starters, but the people on the floor better play. I mean, if someone, if Paint Manning sits in week 17 like he used to, I accept that. And you, we can still debate the fans, right, and th- them being wronged. But, man, you got them not playing hard. It feels, it, it feel, one, there's money, and it opens up the door again. There's money back on these games, right? If a team, any time a team does anything other than try their hardest, that is the greatest recipe for game corruption. All it takes is some quality control person making $30,000 a year calling his contact and saying, you know, some code. Right, The Eagle is not landing or whatever, <laughs> and it's a situation where, man, that open. You want to talk about opening the door to corruption. I mean, you've been in Vegas a long time, Steve, and you uh, wrote tickets. You were behind the counter for five years. I, I, haven't, I haven't heard this conversation.
1: I've never heard it before. Why? This is one of the leagues that's asking for an integrity fee? <laughs> well, there, uh, for yeah. what? We, are we going to pay in money so you can... Maintain the integrity of your own freaking league. Don't worry about the gambling. Man, I get your point about the gambling, but man. I mean, really,
2: it is a recipe because think about it. Other than game fixing, there's two types of corruption inside information. And that inside information, or I guess the way to say it is not, there's two kinds of corruption. True game fixing, as in you're trying not to perform. Mm-hmm. And number two is going to be inside information that's injury based. That's really because since teams are supposed to try every game, what could inside information be? Right. Other than injury, you could say, well, the coach is optimistic. I'll tell you something. I've never bet on it because I did when I was in high or in college. I knew one guy and he told me, he said, we're getting 14 and we're going to win this game. And I'm like, wow, well, you know, I'm like 18. I'm like, I'm hearing this from a coach. I made a humongous bet. They lost by like forty two. And <laughs> and as time went on and I knew more and more coaches, they don't have a great idea if they're gonna win or no. lose. You would think they would, but they don't. So other than that, which isn't effective in my experience, is it's it's injuries, right? What other inside information could there be?
1: Right. Now this is next level. This is now now you if, find if, out, if a team hey, may probably. or
2: may not be playing hard, that opens the door to so much more corruption.
1: But to specifically find out that they're not going to take charges, my God, I'd like the other side. (laughs) For
2: sure. (laughs) And so to me, that's a big problem uh, regarding the difference between starting players. I guess there's another type of inside information. Who's going to start if you don't announce it before the game? Right. So, yeah, that's another one, too. Um Yeah, that's an interesting point. That seems like something else the league should do. If you're going to purposely not start your starters, you know, one of the Popovich moves back in the day, right? You've got to tell us by, you know, midnight the night before. And we'll we'll, we'll see if his knee is stiff or not. I don't care, right? And because to me, if you're letting people bet on that, that's another chance for inside information. Mm
1: -hmm. You wonder if... Is Adam Silver so benevolent? Does he play the benevolent leader publicly, but behind the scenes, does he call Carr and just say to him, "Like you can't say that"? Well, Cuban, right? What he said, they find him. What was it, six hundred? If I remember, but Cuban has been a battering, you know, a punching bag for the league going back to Stern's days. Carr is, I think, in good favor with the league, but he, you can't say that. Now
2: you're making the same point, Colin did except he was a little more critical right and Colin's been a huge Adam Silver supporter proponent but he said listen is so or um stern he was a badass right people were scared of him you know I tell you back it's been 10 years now with the Tim Donahue scandal but uh you know a lot of people know that's that listen to the show that that's was my first real mass media exposure pregame.com and I did some original reporting on Donahue. pregame.com I love that. Oh, speaking of the PTI guys, <laughs> is they um or and I met an AP writer, right, Brian Mahoney, and uh and we got to know each other a little bit. Real good guy Brian. He still writes. And he told me here in Vegas when we had dinner, he goes, "Stern hates you." He's like, every time your name comes up, it's like that mofo or, you know, not edited RJ Bell. And I was so happy. Right. Because at that point I had, you know, no one knew me. It's like, I love Stern. And then he hates me. I guess I didn't know how hardcore he was. Maybe I should have been scared. But, But because obviously the more data got more attention to the story. But Colin thought, you know, Silver is so nice. They're not scared of him. That the leagues are running rough... Or the the individual teams are running roughshod over him.
1: I think he makes a great point. It's gotten out of control. You know, I mean, I like honesty. And these are great stories for us to examine. But there's just certain things you can't say. Yeah, and but, uh, yeah. they would have never said stuff like this. with. And I didn't like Stern at all. But you do have to be a little heavy-handed from time to time as a commission.
2: Well, listen. You do 15 hours of local talk. You do our Fox National Show three hours a week. You do other national shows. Is... You would much rather all the leagues be humming like a well-oiled machine. Yeah, we can t- look at the carnage or look at problems and get a couple segments out of it. But I think you I think people who whose career is, is sports related in the media, if you're smart, you want things to be booming. Right. Because trouble eventually runs its course and then there's nothing to talk about. Right, The WNBA, I mean, we talked about this with McGregor, right? Is maybe that trouble was a good thing, but for how long does that last, right? It's usually only the leagues that, that or the organizations that aren't super The NFL doesn't want trouble, right? Cause they've got enough good things going on. So, all right. Topic two with NBA game integrity, Russell Westbrook, triple, double second straight year. Only player in history. So, speaking as a sports talk guy, how impressed are you?
1: It's It's amazing. It's amazing. But I've heard the other side. Because we can't just enjoy talented players. We have to tear them down. So, uh, we started talking about uncontested rebounds last year. And now triple doubles are overrated, apparently. They're selfish action.
2: But remember, I can't remember. It was a D-end that in Brett Favre somehow did a rollout and dropped down so someone could break the sack. Rack. It was straight hand. Okay, so that seems even more egregious, right? Because the opponent's allowing it. Yes, it's a lot worse. And what was the uproar at that point? Oh,
1: people were com- no, people were completely they out were. Right. Oh, yeah, you know, people were very worked up. I this, just I don't get this with the uh, the grading triple doubles as phony. I've heard the case from lots of people. I don't get it, and I don't get how posting numbers and they made the playoffs if they had fallen short of the playoffs. How is Westbrook a bad guy? How is he selfish? How is he not about winning?
2: Well, I think there's two conversations with triple doubles that make a little bit of sense, but when you have new uh, about it being maybe not as impressive as it seems one is the first question is, is it correlated to winning? If a guy, it got a triple double is that style of play? Is that a, a statistical accomplishment that leads to winning? And some people question that. And if it doesn't lead to winning, then the question is why glorify? And I think that makes sense. right? Okay. And I'm not sure of the answer, but at least that makes a little sense. Number two, I think, and I think this is what Colin's saying, the pace of the game, he's been hypercritical. I think he's been killing Westbrook more than anyone I can remember.
1: Westbrook is... I guess Colin is to Westbrook as Skip was to LeBron. I feel like Colin has now picked a player that he's going to annihilate pretty consistently. Well, he certainly picked a player he's going to love. And we're going to be talking about that oh player God. later. I don't think he will ever rise to the level. It got ridiculous with Skip and LeBron. Ridiculous. And Skip,
2: would what, what, what Skip make a year and in that last year? That's how he built his brand. So yeah. It worked? <laughs> Punch up, right? Punch up. Is Colin is saying, if you look at the pace of the game, you know, 10, and I'm just, I don't, I haven't heard him use these numbers. 10 assists now is like eight assists back 10 years ago, whatever the math. And it makes sense, right? If You have X number of additional possessions. It's going to be easier, but the pace was mighty fast when Oscar Robinson did it. So I think we all got to kind of deal with the pitching mound got lowered. You know, there's all kind of, there was a dead ball era. Obviously we don't want to accept the, the juice and the performance enhancing drugs. That's, that's a, Bridge too far, I think, for people to be comfortable. Like, oh, just accept it. You know, no, it ruined the record books. And unfortunately, for baseball, the record books was one of the things that was 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 glorified. Right. Now, I mean, I do think that's a I mean, it's a it's a talk radio trope, but to say, hey, how who had the most passing yards and how many yards were they? no one knew but people knew 714 people oh, yeah. knew 6
1: I mean I could tell you that at one point probably the top 20 home run hitters of all time in the exact number really yeah. that's that's I impressive can't
2: now. <laughs> that's you how much those to. numbers meant it's not only that it, it there's a disproportionate number from that era in the record books it's it reminds you of something bad
1: right the home runs especially yeah <laughs> yeah no no for for sure i was uh, i was watching uh, what angels game the other day and even 3,000 hits now, like Puhos, I guess, is pretty close to 3,000 hits. And I was what, really? Remember how big, that, big a deal that was when someone but, got but, near 3,000 hits? if I'm not guys, mistaken. Guys were in like 55 and people were like, who cares?
2: If I'm not mistaken, though, that actually didn't pick up the pace, right? I mean, there's been very few 3,000 hit people because when Jeter did it. Yeah,
1: it's a longevity right? thing.
2: Yeah. So in a weird way, maybe the steroids makes it harder to keep going a long time.
1: And right? people if you're care less. People care less. Yeah, I think that's the case. Absolutely. And people care less about getting volume of hits. A lot more people want to hit the home runs.
2: So I think it's a valid case. You could say, well, it's less impressive than it would have been in a different era, but Mm -hmm. it's still no one's doing it. No other player did it this year. So easy. no other player did it last year. Right. So it's at least a once a year type thing. Like one player a year was good enough to do this. You might say the fact, Oh, this is a sign. He's the best player of all time. Well, that's back to the idea: is how correlated are triple doubles to what you're trying to accomplish in a basketball court, which is winning the game? Right. Okay. Now, to me, I think there's a couple of offshoots here. One, and let's start with your point, which is the idea he's being blamed for for, for in an unfair way. Like, if you're being critical of Westbrook, you're being critical of something that should be a positive, which is different than saying. Hey, it's good. I just don't know how good. That's the other two arguments we just talked about. Forget those. Now it's like, oh, somehow it's bad. And your point is that it doesn't seem like it's bad. Well, you might be happy to know one, a guy you might have heard of, Stephen A. Smith, agrees with the hot take, hot shot, Steve Cofield.
0: It's the fact that this man never, ever cheats us with effort. That's what this comes down to. I challenge one basketball fan in the entire universe, anywhere you want to go around the globe to tell me one night, including all-star meaningless, all-star exhibition games. Show me one night where you've watched Russell Westbrook and you didn't see Max Effler. one time. You'll never find it. This dude Never, ever cheats. He goes out, and he goes all out. All the time.
1: Agree? Awesome. Great point. That's why Stephen A. is the best. One of the best.
2: When One he agrees best. with you especially.
1: Well, I, just, I I love when we get a chance to point out the hypocrisy of sports and talking about sports because the NBA gets it more than any other league. We just talked about tanking, but the NBA has heard it forever that – the players don't try during certain parts. See, that's good because it's one thing. And this guy's trying his ass off and we're finding a negative because if you're going out there, whether you believe all the rebounds are legit or not, you still got to make the effort to get in position and work to get those rebounds. Was this any worse?
2: Was this any worse than Kobe shooting every time he got the ball his last game? But people glorified that.
1: I thought it was tremendous too. And I was not even a Kobe fan. And it,
2: and it was kind of fun because with Kobe, I think it was fun because it showed he had something in the he tank. He still got it. Just the, a little bit know, for like, one game. Like Ted Williams hitting a home run his last sure. at bat. You know, it, you love the idea that maybe he could still do it. To me, he, to me here's the, and we talked about this on the Dream Preview. By the way, guys, me and Fezzik did a head-to-head NBA Playoff Preview went two hours this baby was good because Fez had amazing points and Fez debated me and I changed his mind on three things in one show. So it was a great kind of peel back the curtain, how to wise guys. And again, I'll oh, Fez in the NBA is certainly better than me, but I was able to identify a few things and I thought it was a fascinating show. So like any of our podcasts, it's in the same feed just search for RJ Bell and on your podcast player. And then the key is subscribe. Cause if you subscribe, you get every show, no matter what. And we had another show, might as well say it now, Derek Stevens, the guy that had the million dollar Michigan ticket. And he's a casino owner. He owns like three or four properties downtown. He came in the pregame.com offices. We did a 90 minute Vegas truth interview this week. Inside info. Speaking of that, on why he hedged. You'd be surprised, Cofield. I'm not going to tell you till you listen. Why he hedged and his thought process. Also, some, I think it's fair to say, secrets of running a casino. Like what he thinks about with his machines. Why he's got that machine and not this one. I thought it was fascinating. That's out right now. And either subscribe, and it's free, obviously. Or just follow me on Twitter. And again, this isn't as good because you don't get it immediately. But it's better than nothing. His
0: Twitter handle
2: is at RJ in Vegas. Yeah, Stephen A's not so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Now, here's the thing is, and I talked about this on the dream preview. Michael Jordan versus LeBron. I think that Jordan's clearly number one, and the reason is simple is he was willing to crawl over cut glass to win a game. And I just think as good as LeBron is, And in the modern era post in 1980 and beyond, I would put LeBron second. And I think if LeBron had Michael's killer instinct, I think he was the better player. But to me, that's why I like Michael his effort level. Now here's the irony. People are saying Westbrook's problem is his effort level. Not that they don't want him to play hard. But he feels like I want to win so much because I think he does want to win. Because if he was just a stats guy, if all he cared about Westbrook were stats, and he was trying so hard for stats, no one would respect that. I honestly believe Westbrook believes the best way his team can win is by him doing what he's doing, and he's willing to hurt himself, you know, with his effort, or at least let's say expend a massive amount of effort in order, in his mind, to max his chance to win. Now, we can critique, is he right about that being the path to winning, but do you think he's trying Westbrook this hard, Cofield, because he wants, to, wants a bunch of stats? I'm not talking about that one game and the rebounds in general, or do you think that he thinks it's the best way to win?
1: He thinks it's the best way to win. He gives max effort. It's also why when they made the second deal to bring in another superstar, they were not reading Westbrook correctly. Westbrook does not need Carmelo Anthony around. No, but I, I, and, I do, and I will lean on that. I know, I know. Colin was mocking on Westbrook and the Thunder for you know, congrats, you made the playoffs, you clinched it in Game eighty one because they they didn't you know on paper get any better this year. I lay that at the feet of Carmelo Anthony. It's it's his fault. No, I don't you think, think Carmelo he, I don't, I don't was think a net he, negative. I don't think he adds to a team as the third okay. option.
2: That's fine. You could say he did, but Westbrook. Even if you just have Paul George, who if
1: any I, he's taken away, I, I think Carmelo's taken away from Paul George too.
2: Well, let me ask you this: if any, suit, let's define a superstar as a top fifteen player, because all NBA, I think I'm almost sure, has three first team, second team, third team. That's a heck of a designation, all NBA. So let's say top fifteen players in the league. Paul George is on that list, right? Yes. Okay. Who is best suited to play with a? I don't want to say selfish player, but a ball dominant, you know, uh, alpha player. I think Paul George amongst, you know, maybe there's one other I'm not thinking of amongst the superstars. Yeah, he
1: doesn't need the ball all
2: the time. He, I think
1: Carmelo, needs he's a defensive
2: guy. He's a spotter. Yeah.
1: Carmelo can't play D and he needs the ball.
2: Yeah, forget. Carmelo is a non-factor. He, he wasn't. They took a, they took a flyer on him and they missed. And maybe there was, but that can actually take away from your team in terms of defense and having role
1: players out there. And
2: but, but he's gone. I mean, the, the, the yeah. story here is: is Russell Westbrook ever going to really comp- compete for a, an NBA title? That's the question. Here. I think he will.
1: They have to get. The What's Red the scenario, there? though? I think they have to get because if Red you Knicks don't there.
2: have another superstar, you can't win. And he just, and again, maybe they're going to shock, right? But odds are way against it. With the superstar that seems most compatible with him in the league, they they had a very disappointing season. So what's this? The, what's this magical scenario? Describe it.
1: I guess we got to pick another superstar. <laughs> but pair up one with. that at
2: least on paper is going to be less compatible.
1: It's hard to read the NBA now. You know, do you want a big man? That would be the first thing I would lean towards. But the the league is so stretch oriented now. Maybe he needs a you know a better big who's a stretch. Well, I, you know, Kevin Love. <laughs> right. I mean, you definitely They do not need three superstars. They do yeah. not need three uh, 17 shot per game guys. Well, listen, if not more talent is so
2: it's like beauty, right? Have you ever dated? And, and again, let's you're dating for an extended period of girl. Now let's put her out of the conversation <laughs> just for in case she listens. Have you ever dated another girl that was out of your league looks wise? I'm sure most of them were they probably better. are, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I'm saying like much lower, like, than like this. the the no. But the one guy, <laughs> he's not as bad as he <laughs> is. But
1: but I'm guessing there was one that sticks out. Sure, we'll we'll say there was one. I can't. What do you I, can't, say I, I can't name one? the person. But uh, well, then this doesn't work. Okay. But the point I'm saying is uh, yeah. for <laughs> he's being very difficult, <laughs> being evasive. <laughs> the point <laughs> I've erased all the old chicks from the memory. Oh, that's uh, that sounds so beta, <laughs> there, man. Oh, ooh. okay. <laughs> but <laughs> I,
2: <laughs> I was going to give you an Elmer J. Fudd, but yeah, I, I, that's only. I don't fun. deserve it. <laughs> the what happens is most normal guys will we'll put you in another category. If they have a girl that is the hottest they've been with, they're going to put up with a ton of BS before they walk away, right? Oh, she doesn't shave her armpits. I'm fine with that. Oh, she, you know. Now, if the girl isn't so far above, you're you know, her hands are too big, you know, whatever. It's a problem. Jerry Seinfeld style. So you've got a guy like Mello, who we all saw in the Olympics. We all saw, you know, whatever the confluence of events that are necessary for him to play well. And again, maybe age is starting to be a factor. It's a moot point now. He is a top, you know, 15 player, or at least he was at a certain point. So you get intoxicated by it, right? But the guys that are really sharp like Belichick, they'll take a guy like that cheap, and here's what happens. If they don't uh, surprise, if they don't perform really well, he cuts them. He'd rather have them not there than be average, right? But when a Randy Moss comes in and dominates, they find a way to work with them, right? So the theory is, though, in the NBA, you can't do that with a guy like Mello, right?
1: So I'd like to see, thinking about it for a second, I'd like to see Westbrook with... A stretch for, you can't get these guys, but like Greek Freak or Anthony Davis.
2: Well, if you if we had a
1: rotisserie team, we could run 10,000. Civ- I mean, it's hard. There's, I mean, look at the Rockets. It's harder now than ever to steal. I mean, how, I mean, even though guys are moving, it is hard to steal yeah. players from the small markets. Because the, the Rockets money spent
2: all those years just trying to get a chance to get a couple of guys. Mm-hmm. Right? The fact they got Paul George was a shockingly good move by the OKC
1: front office. I actually don't think it was, but we. we I didn't think it was when they got him. Everyone trades. Everyone
2: trade when there's a trade. It's almost always you trade a dollar, or I'm sorry. When there's a trade, usually you don't get a dollar. You get a couple of quarter, you know, four quarters maybe. Right. So what Bill Simmons always talks about is if you lose a superstar, you lose that superstar who's a dollar, let's say, and you get back three quarters. So you're getting back less and they're individual players that in theory add up, but they never do. Yeah. Right. The fact that they gave and I know that what Oladipo did well. He had a great year. Yeah. But again, they you also, can't predict that. You know I so. called
1: it at the time. I did not like the deal and I thought trading You didn't like the deal for OKC. Nope. Holy
2: what was your rationale?
1: I like Ola Depot in terms of the future, but more importantly, they got DeMontis Savonis, who's a twenty-year-old six-eleven player, who is going to be a really good player. And but I don't think guy, you give up talent at that who, level. for a guy was going to walk? What
2: was he pick like twelve or
1: thirteen? Yeah. If you if you are saying you can't give up the thirteenth pick, the league missed on him. He should have been a top five guy. We'll see what happens to him. You want look at look at look at how the look at how the Pacers, how the pacers suffered. They didn't. You Did the, the, the Pacers suffer?
2: You wonder why he was called the hot take hot shot. Well, now you one, know.
1: This one I'm right on. <laughs> no, you, you watch I, you watch I, I want term. the tape.
2: Can you bring the tape next week in this? I can
1: try to find it. <laughs> but I know. Uh, right. you know I, Odds I, are against I, it. I, I liked the Pacers side of the deal. and The Pacers. Did the Pacers suffer from a win standpoint? So they to had ra- a nice year.
2: So to wrap up here. I do think it's an interesting conversation. That most people like LeBron over. Or I'm sorry. Michael over LeBron. Because of effort. hmm but now we're blaming Westbrook cuz it seems to be the wrong type of effort. If
1: LeBron had the competitive fire of Westbrook, he'd have more titles. <laughs>
2: he, he might be he might have like 8 or 9. com. RJ Bell I'm I'm the voice of Vegas in this conversation. Cofield,
1: not. I'm finding that audio. Speak. You know, I will find my pro pacer side of the trade audio. <laughs> Promise you.
2: Odds are against it. Let's say that much. Odds are against <laughs> it. You know, if you wanted to, we could bet on it if you have it next week.
1: I hear that your left pocket
2: is empty. But you'd have an empty left pocket.
1: <laughs> I want to make that bet. But I'm relying on my local station's archive system. Oh, then double up. We double up. We upload everything and I. I save everything, but I may not have saved that one.
2: So that that big, long response was him saying no to the bat. West odds, Golden (laughs) State, minus 105 in the West now. Rockets, plus 125, Thunder, third favorite 30 to one. This is a two-person race, two-team race. Now, Cofield, let me ask you this question. If we flipped the jerseys, whereas Houston had or has... Golden State's past, as in two titles last three years, all the pedigree prior to this year, though. Mm -hmm. And Golden State had Houston's past, you know, all the failures, et cetera. And Houston this year had the same season they did, which was a clearly superior. And it wasn't even close when you look at when Houston has had their big three together. It's been historically good. What would the odds in this
1: uh, of their series be? You'd flip it. I think it's a pretty easy explanation.
2: But no, when you say flip it, the Warriors are minus 105, Rockets are plus 125. It's pretty much a coin flip with a small edge, small edge to Golden State. Fezzik, on the Dream Preview, asked him the same question. He said that Houston might be minus 400. What? Think about it. This, This season, Golden State's season has not been good at all. I mean, it's been good. You know, but you look at Houston's had an all-time season. If you, if you look at, if you can make the excuse of when their guys were hurt, let's not count those games. Obviously they count in the standings, but the team that's entering this playoff, when they played hard together, which they did every game till the end,
1: they were historically good. I get where I miss you. So team in the mid sixties, the other team is eight, nine games behind him. And the team in the mid sixties has, has the all the pedigree hit, yeah. has the winning history. It always comes through. Yeah. Mostly it'd be a big, 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 big yeah. favor. So man, oh
2: man, that means the only way you like Golden state here and you don't like Houston is if you believe Houston's history is that bad or, or it's going to be applicable this year might be the way we state.
1: talked about this about a month ago. And that was exactly what I said. I do not trust Houston. I don't trust CP three one to stay healthy and two to, be on the winning team. And I definitely do not trust that he's an awesome player, but I don't trust James Harden. I think James Harden in certain spots cracks mentally and the Warriors. I don't worry for one second, even though Durant's been a lunatic this year. The only guy I worry about is Draymond green. you losing his cool and costing him a game or costing himself games.
2: If Houston wins in four in the first round and at some spots now, it's like $50 to win a dollar against the T wolves. Uh, Pinnacle had it twenty minus twenty one hundred. That was the cheapest price. I've seen minus six thousand. <laughs> yeah. thousand. All right. Now, if Houston wins sweeps and then wins in five before the conference finals, does it change your mind or is it only against a really other dominant team that you're going to see
1: Harden uh, be convinced? No, the, the first two rounds don't change my mind at all. I have to see it done against GSW, and I'm not even going to worry if. Golden State struggles a little bit in some of their series. All
2: right, it's 2-2 in this hypothetical in the Houston Golden State series. 3 games ago, Houston has the home court. Do you think okay, Harden and company, Paul have proved or are you thinking oh, it's game 5, 6 and 7 when they're going to choke?
1: Down the stretch, baby. <laughs> I don't trust <laughs> so them. In <laughs> the, I don't trust them in the key games.
2: All right. Let's move to the East cuz we've got a very analogous situation. Cavs plus 135. Raptors plus 190, 76ers. As as recently as 2 <laughs> days ago 7 to 1 yep. down to plus 450 now Uh-oh. to win the east. Now, same thing, you can't explain a fourth seed and ESPN had this information and I retweeted it. Only one team has been worse than a 3 seed. That's won the NBA title since they started seedings. And this was like 35 years ago. The 1995 Hakeem the Dream Rockets. So we'd be bucking a once in 35 year trend if the Cavs win it. Doesn't mean they can't make the finals. Wow. That's a good stat. Is there any way... To make the case for the calves without saying, oh, raptors are the baby di- gonna have the dinosaur arms. I've heard that a hundred times.
1: <laughs> That's funny. Right. Well, it wasn't <laughs> the first really. <laughs> couple.
2: Maybe. But to me, it's the same argument. Do you take Toronto's side any more than you take Houston's side in this argument?
1: Yes. Why? I think Cleveland's a flawed team beyond LeBron. I, so I it's not I, so
2: much you you love Toronto, you just think Cleveland is
1: Bad. I'm. I'm not on the. Hey, LeBron's on the team, so of course they're going to win. Bandwagon. I think that is lazy analysis. I know, and I know it keeps happening. But this is one of the worst teams he's had around him in recent times. Well, I. I would say the worst in in this what seven year run. Right. Is that even a debate?
2: I mean, his team he went to the finals with, you know, like ten, twelve years ago was worse, probably. But he, you know, LeBron and was yet, younger. I, f- I
1: feel like. I feel like I'm still not giving. Kevin love enough respect. Are we dissing him too hard? I don't like Kevin love.
2: I mean, I mean, I don't want him on my team. I mean, the whole theory of Kevin love is he's supposed to at least. And again, I'm not a a, a coach, but he seems like a guy that you could go (laughs) small with. He seems like, you know, maybe he plays the five and you can compete, but for whatever reason, he can't defend. So having a guy that's small or, or that's big, that can that, that in theory can shoot is great, but you got to be able to defend the other guy, the other quote unquote five. You yep, know, yep. so I mean, how has Kevin Love done in your opinion against the Warriors over the last X Terrible. year? Terrible. Isn't that who you have to be well, preparing for?
1: Well, we were on the Eastern Conference, though.
2: Yeah, but what I'm saying, we're talking about Kevin Love as a right, player, though. Right. The modern era is bad for Kevin Love.
1: I'm going to come out of left
2: field. And for Perkins, who is the newest signing. I know it's locker room glue or whatever.
1: I'm going to come out out of left field or from left field with this one again because you shot me down last Friday. I am betting on the Celtics. (laughs) I didn't even list them. I'm still, they're 26 to one now. So you're going to take a flyer. So you're going to bet $2 you went 52? I'm going to take a flyer on the lottery (laughs) ticket. I think they have the best coach. And I think there are guys on that team who can step up and become stars. And I know they're. Really hamstrung with injuries right now, but... Uh, and the amazing thing is, they're barely a favorite in the 2-7 series. If all my bets
2: were safe, there just wouldn't be any juice. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You want the juice, Betting in the Celtics Now, last element of this topic. I don't think it's being discussed enough how much difference the Cavs being the 3 to the 4 is. Fezzik did some math, and he believed... Making the finals, so just winning the East, if the Cavs were a three, they would have had a 26% chance in his math. As a four, a 17% chance. Okay. I like this. Huge.
1: This was another thing. I feel like I have to pull the audio from last week's, last Saturday's, straight out of Vegas because I got shot down really quickly. About what? About the, the path being tougher, having to go through the, the one from the four slot. I can promise
2: you I didn't shoot it down because I was talking about it then. Okay. So you, hey, it's I, easy. I Go to, to soundcloud.com slash pregame. Yeah, it's up there. I found You I can always like get the old straight out of Vegas. Shot down real quickly on, on that one. Soundcloud.com slash pregame. Not for me, because I was saying it last week. Because here's the theory right now, you've got, as a four seed, the Pacers. Okay. We can debate versus the Heat. He, maybe that's a toss up, right? Though most people think the Pacers are better, they had what two or three more wins. But then now it's the Raptors. But you're gonna say, well, they'd have to play them anyway, right? Because they would have, as in in theory, if everything goes the way you expect in the conference finals. But here's the difference: the other team is the Sixers in this case versus Boston. Now, how much easier is it to beat the Sixers? Oh, I'm sorry, flip that. How much easier is it to beat Boston? Than it is the Sixers right now,
1: on paper. By what well, we know, that's of the all players. we can do. That's Fine. all we can do right well, now. Well, that's all, all. we have is the paper proof on guys like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. So I don't. But I you, get your point.
2: I don't know if you know this, Cofield, but when you make a bat, it's on paper, meaning the games haven't been played yet.
1: <laughs> well, I'm just talking about looking at the Celtics roster and ranking players, and I know you like to do this. I don't think we know what the Celtics have because these guys haven't been thrust into this position yet. Usually when you hear about we don't know how good these guys are because they haven't well, really played entering the playoffs is a bad thing. Well, but they weren't in these roles. So you're talking you're talking about 19, 20, 21 year olds who are barely in the league, which tend to do great in the playoffs. That's our We're going to see what Jalen Brown. That's the guy I'm pointing. <laughs> well, to. are you going to show your ticket? Sure. All right. So it might be, give us your Twitter. We
2: usually do it at the end. I'm predicting he won't even send out the ticket. He'll forget. I'll have to send out my
1: $10 (laughs) ticket for, (laughs) Oh, if you put 10, I'm going to be, I'm going to be impressed actually.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So on Twitter at Steve Cofield, C O F I E L D. Uh, I have
1: to go get a hard ticket and not just use my betting app. (laughs) You can't just take a screenshot. That's a good point. I'll probably give out my account number and we'll see if he puts it out. We'll see 58 bucks that's left in the account. So I, I, to me, that is a big
2: difference, that path, because yep. the Sixers are playing really well. Good segue, next topic. We talked about a face-off, the Mount Rushmore of hot takes. We've got a face-off between Colin and, and Stephen A. When it comes to how good these Sixers are, we're going to start with Stephen A. You might be surprised he's got a surprising take on this one.
0: Are you ready for this? Are you ready? Are are, are you ready for this, Max Kellerman? If LeBron James ends up getting knocked out like you said he's going to, Six is going to the finals. LeBron James the only thing standing in their way. If LeBron James isn't standing in the Philadelphia 76ers in way, I believe they're going to the finals.
2: Strong, strong. (laughs) Now, Mr. Cowherd. Has a different
1: take. During their 16 game winning streak, I'm going to read off the leading scores for the other teams they've beaten during that 16 game streak
2: Ronde Hollis Jefferson, Wayne Seldon
1: Jr., I think he's my state farm agent, Rodney Purvis, Damian Lee, Spencer Dinwiddie, who I thought was in a Harry Potter movie. Anthony Tolliver, Torian Price, Michael Beasley, I've heard of. I think you're getting the point by the way, Sixers,
2: you won't see any of these in the playoffs. which side are you on? Are you high on the Sixers?
1: Oh man, this is bad. I think I'm no, I'm closer to Cowherd. I was going to say I think I'm in the middle, even though Cowherd said Torian Price and it was Torian Prince. Come on, Colin, get it together. But he was illustrating the point. Most (laughs) people don't know who these guys are. I didn't, you know, I did notice that when everyone was crowing about 13 games into the streak. And I'm like, they have played no one during the streak. There were like two quality games. Well, they beat the Cavs. Beyond that. (laughs) There were a lot. There were a lot of the bottom feeders, those teams fighting for that 23 win mark in the East. I mean, me
2: and Fezzik went hardcore at it. We had a huge disagreement on this week's NBA preview. On this? No, on the idea of Toronto, and and I'll bring it back to the Sixers because it's the flip side, Toronto had two chances to beat Cleveland, lost them both, and to me, it has affected the narrative too much where, oh, Toronto doesn't have a chance, but boy, how good, if they would have swept them, how much more confident would Toronto be? And to me, if you're Philadelphia, and it's a a must-win game, or not a must-win, but a you know, whoever won that game was going to decide the three or four, most likely. It was in Philly, and Philly was up huge. Cavs came roaring back. I actually watched the fourth quarter of that game, and Sixers held him off. That's got to be – not only did it help get him the three, but psychologically, that's the guy you're supposed to be scared of, and they beat him.
1: And without Embiid. Yeah. So – So I think the Cavs have a healthy fear of Embiid. Really, the whole league does because – He's so gargantuan. He's a rough guy to cover if he's going crazy.
2: I had a great kind of complicated bet on the dream preview, and again, you got to listen early because it's gone now. When it was six to one, you could have bet Cleveland to win the East six to one, and then the theory is they would have been about minus or or they'd be uh, underdogs in the in the Eastern Conference Finals. So you were betting they would win the first two rounds, right? Which are going to be clear favorites in both. If, you know, obviously if they win the first one, and then they'd be probably the opponent minus 200. They'd be dogs where the opponent's minus 200, so they'd be plus 170 or something. So if you would hedge and go minus 200 to even out where, okay, now I don't lose anything if they lose in the conference finals, meaning you're free rolling if they go ahead, you'd be risking 100 to win 400 if they could just win two series. So to me, Uh, Or if they could win two series and then get lucky and win the last one, you would have got paid four to one. You would have broke even if they just win the two series. And if they lose one of the first two, you would have lost a hundred. So to me, if you think, well, what's the chance of them losing one of the first two series, the 76ers? Okay. You got that in your mind. What's the chance of them winning all three, getting to the finals? Well, you would say the chance of winning the, the, or losing one of the first two was better but not four times that was a nice, juicy bet, but it's gone now because it's down to plus 450. But I've got another one for you. Ready, Cofield? Put this one in with your Boston, so you might actually have a chance. <laughs> bet Toronto to win the title and then do a full hedge if they make the championship round and buy. Estimates, And again, we don't know if it's Houston or Golden State. Now, Toronto actually would have the home court over Golden State. So but we are estimating minus 350. They'd be dogs. Toronto would be in the finals. Now, if you do the math and subtract it out, that's a situation where you're getting plus 370 on Toronto winning the East. If you do that. Right now, if you just bet Toronto to win the East by itself, you're only getting plus one ninety so thirteen to one you can get right now on Toronto to win the title. If you have to bet back the three seven you know the full amount now at minus three fifty, you'd be betting their opponent in the finals. You still are getting effectively plus three seventy on Toronto to win the east now that is juicy. The reason it's out there is the futures market for the NBA title is even more square and they just can't imagine Toronto winning it. And, 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 be, and no one can imagine trying to Houston or Golden state. So they're just making it extra juicy, but you can take advantage of it by the full hedge. What
1: do you think? I'm in for 15 bucks.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I would certainly bet more, but listen, all joking aside, does that resonate? Like,
1: as absolutely. It? Yes. Yeah, it makes sense. And that's how you have to read the future markets. There's value in certain spots. Last thing on
2: the NBA. This, I think, really ties things up. All the topics so far from the NBA. We've been debating how much do titles matter for a long time, right? It's like, well, Michael has six, LeBron has three, but should that make a difference? How much of a difference? Blah, blah, blah. And Steve Kerr has seven, you know, say, well, you know, okay. What could possibly matter other than titles to a career, I think there's only two other things on the court, right? I mean, good deeds and all that, okay, but on the court it could be regular season winning, right? That has to matter some. I mean, I think we all agree if you had a if you had 10 years where you were the number 1 or number 2, like when San Antonio went, they went like 9 or 10 years without winning a title when they they still had good years, right? So regular season winning means somewhat And stats mean somewhat, right? A guy like Wilt didn't win that much, but he's much more well-regarded than other players with, I think Wilt has two titles, um, I think, is, I know he has one with the Lakers, but is that all his stats, and obviously he's an extreme case because he was so great statistically, it means something, right?
1: Yes, and he had the the benefit of losing to... The best dynasty of all time.
2: If you had to stack rank. Well, yeah, but everyone did. Right. So did Jerry West. But I guess that matter. I think
1: Jerry West got credit for it. Too. Yeah,
2: that's a good point. I think you're right. Huh? Is if you had to stack rank titles, stats and regular season wins. And as you prioritize them, assessing players, how do you stack them?
1: Titles. Mm-hmm. Stats. Regular season wins is almost nothing for me.
2: And we could blend that into
1: Especially play- now in this era where, where it doesn't seem like the teams care if they win 52 or 59 nope. or if they finish fifth or second.
2: It's almost like we planned it. Because if you think of our topics today, they call into question everything except titles. The first was Golden State winning or losing a non-title game, right? It's a regular season game. doesn't matter. Who cares? LeBron's shown it. Fourth seed, I don't care. So, how do you look at other than titles wins mattering? The league's telling you they don't care. So, in a, in a way, you could say, well, that's their fault. But then the other teams that are winning benefit from their indifference, their apathy. So, it ruins that wins other than titles. And then, what else did we talk about? Westbrook and the stats and the idea of stats don't matter, but also, oh, look, Westbrook's going to be boxing out his own guy. And, you know, that does not look great. So, it calls into question, stats so if you don't can't believe in stats you can't believe in wins other than titles titles is all that matters
1: titles and maybe in well it's not maybe in lebron's case finals finals do matter chris paul and i personally think it matters in the opposite if you lose too many i know people i know
2: it's not even logical that's one that is in my gut but are the bills considered more of a winner for what they did
1: no in general, no. But if you really think about it, what they did was pretty impressive. Losing all four sucks, but making it is impressive.
2: I know, but boy, you are a more intellectual fan than
1: most. Now, Le- LeBron also hasn't gone 0 for 9. Or 0 so, 8, whatever but, but, it is. but the theory,
2: you know, that's the old saying, but doesn't Joe Montana and Bradshaw get a ton of credit? Yes. Would Bradshaw be better regarded if he was four out of six?
1: I'm the wrong guy to ask on Bradshaw.
2: <laughs> or, but I'm not saying get, wherever you think he is. Yeah, I, I wherever you think he is now. Right. right,
1: right. I know. I got you.
2: And maybe you're right. Maybe it's in the extreme cases. It matters. Meaning if someone was four and one where they were five title or five championship games and they were four and one or someone else was four and, and, and five is the four five? I mean, it's a, it's an interesting. Well, what debate. about
1: Brady? Brady's five of eight. I think that's is that starting to look negative. I, I don't think it is. I
2: think he avoids. Eight. I think he avoids the two problems, as we've been talking about this. I think if you're if you're perfect, you get bonus points. Michael certainly gets. If Michael went to a seventh title and lost, that would be a net negative to people. It's like this guy won't lose in the championship round, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So I think that if if Brady had a choice between. Five and oh, in those, maybe I don't know what he would take, but I think for posterity, the five and oh would be more impressive. But once you lose one, I think getting there is a good thing until you get to the point where you've lost too many. I think LeBron, if LeBron loses like two more and ends up, what is he now? Is he three and four? I think he's three and or is he three and five? He's three and five. If he's like three and seven, that's a negative. He'd be he'd be better regarded at three and three than he would at three and seven. So I think if you're perfect, you want to keep it and you don't ever want to get to the point where you've lost so much. It looks so bad in between where Brady is. I think it probably helps him. What do you think?
1: I'm I'm not going to fight on the, the Brady part. Brady Brady. Well, you're the one that brought Brady up. Well, I was asking you. <laughs> then, what's no, your opinion? No, no, well, because you were mentioning losing too yeah. often. My opinion. No, my opinion is he's been to eight freaking Super Bowls. Now, if he goes five and five, it's still not going to. I mean, because the fact but if he but if he somehow went like th- you know like a two and six. Oh, no that would that that would hurt his cause but if he ends up five and five if he goes to the Super Bowl two more times in his forties I don't think you hold it against him no he I lost. agree I agree and well yeah there's a, we should move on because yeah. there's a lot we can I was thinking with Brady I'm like hey all well, the five wins man there were a lot of close wins in those a lot five. of close losses and too we, and the close losses
2: too N- last thing on the Cavs Warriors just reading it Mike and Wingo which I haven't listened to uh, have you listened to it. Here and there, yes. What do you think?
1: Uh, it's solid. solid. But I was not a giant Greeny fan. So, okay. Although, you know what? Uh, I, in listening to it, I have, this was supposed to be a quick answer. Um, I think Greeny was a good foil for Golik because he drove Golik nuts. It brought more out of Golik. Wingo's a little too nice. Greeny can be a needling pain in the ass. And
2: you're saying that in a good way. Yes. Now, flip it around, Is have you watched his
1: get up? Not yet. Oh. But I think it has. Oh, I I think it's got a recipe for just Armageddon. Well, low rating so far. It's Is a recipe, right? yes. Yeah, I, I wonder long term if Greeny will be able to take both Jalen Rose and Beetle. Take like like the like. What do you mean? I think Greeny was effective with Gola because he thought he was smarter than him. I don't think Beetle will back down, and, and Beetle's pretty sharp. And I also think she knows how to poke. So he's just, it's going to be like a role reversal. I, I, I could see him just absolutely snapping. <laughs> Revenge of the nerds. Which stop? will make for a great show. They need <laughs> You need to snap.
2: This was a Mike and Wingo poll question. Who would you rather see not make the NBA finals? Cavs or Warriors? 56% said Warriors. Meaning... There's more Warriors fatigue how about the Cavs fatigue.
1: At one point, look at the Q ratings throughout LeBron's career and how hated LeBron was at one point. I don't think it's people liking LeBron more. I think thirty seconds. Why do you think? Why do you think?
2: Forget LeBron. Why do you think Warriors are disliked? Or however you no, want to characterize this. fatigue.
1: And I, I, I but actually, there wasn't Michael Jordan fatigue. Yeah, there was. I don't know. There don't wasn't. It. Yeah, the, I, what do you yeah, mean, the, I, I was, there was there. I was there. I grew. I, I was, I grew up in New York, and New Jersey. There. there well, even me, fatigued, they were they of there might fatigue. They kicking
2: your ass. Eh, was tired, <laughs> I mean, <of> it then. <laughs> but then. But I mean, unless you were a
1: Knicks fan, there
2: wasn't Jordan
1: for uh, that. We we can look back on that one. No. I don't know where we're going to get sports talk tapes from. Uh, <laughs> you know, the mid mid and late nineties. um uh, I think people. There's actually there are villains on the Warriors now. Kevin Durant has turned into a villain. I don't think people are like, oh, he won a title. You know, and he's the guy, he was the best player on the team. Everything's forgiven for going to the great team. And people don't like Jermon Green. A lot of people don't like Steph Curry. He think, acts like a jackass sometimes in his over-the-top celebrations.
2: I think some of it is fatigue of the, the the Silicon Valley aloofness. Like, we've got this all figured out. You guys are behind. And it may or may not. I think it's to some deep. degree it's, yeah, it's true, right? Is obviously they've got some advanced stuff going on, but... Um, I think people are tired of it. Speaking of strong opinions, Josh Rosen update. I'm excited for this one. Cause I think we were uh prescient, as they say, predicting pretty well that, Hey, he, what we saw last week was a sign. So let's look though at this week's newest news in the Rosen saga. And we got Chris Carter who actually got to meet Chris he was on, in the ball one of the baller scenes I was in, high state grad. Okay, he's a let's just say he's confident. Yes, <laughs> a Buckeye, so I have a soft spot for him. Here he is on the
3: matter. To be quiet, Josh don't know nothing about pro football. He don't know why guys played in the past. He don't know why guys burned out. He don't know that the average lifespan of the last thirty years has been three point two years. So it's not burnout. It's called being the elite of the elite. It's called only 21,000 people have ever done this. So for me, he's naive, like a lot of rookies. He also said that uh, if Tom Brady has six rings, then I want seven. Well, okay, tell that to the Jets when you go into their locker room. Tell that to one of these losing teams at the beginning of the draft. You went to Cleveland. Imagine saying that to Cleveland. Hey, guys, I'm going to win six, seven Super Bowls. Well, really? Because we ain't been in the six or seven playoff games. <laughs> so for me, the rookies are naive, and they keep falling for all answering all these questions the wrong way. Where, where his parents, what his parents did, has nothing to do with the NFL. Him saying that, oh, because my parents, I don't have to take a job at McDonald's, like, what kind of insight? Like, is he, ref- like, there's a lot of other jobs, Josh. You don't have to have a minimum wage job. It's not like guys in the NFL going to NFL like they didn't have nothing else. Like they don't have other skills. So for me, he's just he's just a naive kid who doesn't know a whole bunch of like pro football, and he keeps put keeps stepping in it, stepping in it, stepping in. I don't mind people being bright, but you can't explain to me why guys are good in the NFL and why they're not when you've never been in the NFL.
2: Now, strong take. I think there's two things here. One. I think he's making a brilliant point about being naive because especially in sports 2223 you know a young guy that's an advantage I mean obviously if you're too young but you're young in your prime right I can think back to being in my 20s I was forget book smart or whatever I was making some stupid decisions I'm guessing You would agree. I think most people, right? You too. I was a moron. (laughs) So it kind of makes sense that Rosen's going to have some missteps like everybody else. Right? So first, do you agree in general that the way we glorify youth in sports makes sense on the field? doesn't make sense in other ways. And what Rosen is venturing into in the, in wisdom and opinions is those other ways that quite frankly, Even if someone's a Ph.D., I don't necessarily want to hear too much from when they're 23, especially if it has wisdom. Hey, if it's about how to do this mathematical calculation and you've got a math Ph.D., great. Right. But if what we're talking about is life, you know, it's like the great line. Remember, I'm sure you saw Goodwill hunting. He sits on the bench and he says, I was up late. Robin Williams says I was up late. I was worried about what you said. Then it dawned on me. You don't know anything. You've read all these books and that's important. Right. But you don't know anything. Interesting. What do you think?
3: Yeah,
1: I could see. uh, I was just thinking about myself 20 years from now. I could look back if I live that long and uh, I'm pushing 50 as you joke all the time. And I'm sure (laughs) I'll look back rapidly approach. Yeah, I'm sure I'll look back at my 50 year old self and be like, well, you are an idiot. You still didn't know what you were talking about. I hope you do. Like yeah. to me, yeah. The smartest you never, you never people, yeah, growing.
2: the smartest people I know, feel that way. The people that feel like they're, a, hey, by the way, you think you're over 25 and you think you haven't gotten any smarter—that's not a good thing right? for the listeners out
1: there. I had it all figured
2: out. <laughs> no, no, you didn't. So I, I think he's got a point, and and but I think there's even a bigger point here, which is Chris Carter supports player. I mean, he's a player guy, but he's also got that old school Bill Cosby. Which forget, you know, obviously there's been new stuff with Cosby, but Cosby was always the one to say, hey, we've got to take more responsibility. And he was obviously talking to the African American community. But some people thought, hey, that's a good message. And others thought, hey, you're being too judgmental, even pre all this trouble. Carter, I think, walks that line. We say, like, let's, you know, it's your fault. It's your fault. And to me, the more that people think they're responsible, it's probably a good thing. It's a bad thing if, you are being blamed for something that's not really your fault. So the question is, where's that line? But it goes to show you Rosen's made himself a target. You have a NFL player, a former hall of famer, uh-huh. right? I have a script from ballers that every, or almost everyone signed. And I have it up on my Twitter. And when Chris Carter signed it, he put hall of Fa- H O F. I think that's common, right? Sure. I've never had a hall of famer <laughs> sign anything for you. but if you have a hall of famer going after you, who else is he going after in the draft? Rosen's setting himself up with all this talk. Why aren't you watching film? I think I would love Rosen to get. If you tell me in the offseason Rosen's getting his Ph.D., I'll be like, thumbs up, baby. Celebrate <laughs> academia. But if, if you tell me he's reading physics books instead of uh, the playbook during the season, I'm not happy about that.
1: And we told you this was going to happen presciently, <laughs> right? We did. We told you Josh Rosen has opinions and he's going to rub people the wrong way. People want their quarterbacks to come in, learn, succeed, but most of all, shut up. And, and I'll tell you, and this, it's what I want this, too. This, if, the thing if I were a him, GM, the thing that bothered him the most, and I've actually seen it explained the other way, uh, barstool sports wrote a good piece on these same quotes by Josh Rosen. The McDonald's comments seem to really piss off a lot of people. And it it wasn't, I don't think he meant it to be condescending because he actually, there was a whole discussion about how uh, there are a lot of poor football players, poor kids playing college football. And he was kind of moving towards that, being supportive of fellow players. But the McDonald's thing got taken the wrong way. The media
2: is no place for a serious conversation.
1: You know what? But Part of it drives me nuts too. We talked earlier, we mentioned the term all the time, social justice warrior. Sometimes are we just looking to tear people apart? Are we just looking to be offended? For My sure, God, for sure. We, we're he's using McDonald. Sorry, folks who work at McDonald's, that's not your dream job. There's and there, and I guess it drives people nuts that a 21 year old is going to say that.
2: Tom Brady he's speaking honestly. Tom Brady won't give you an opinion on anything because he realizes in the in the end he's going to offend 10% even if it's yeah. the most uh, I mean the example I always use is the Godfather has 5% of their its ratings on IMDB The <laughs> is is 1 out of 10 stars the worst possible right. Godfather Right. so you're going to offend 5% of the people no matter what unless you don't say anything and that's the trick
1: this is more proof for me and I've been saying it now the last couple of weeks I don't want them in New York I think it's going to be a disaster. He's going to have to achieve at a high it'd level. Be,
2: you think it'd be more of a disaster in New York?
1: Yes, I think the media in New York is going to do just what Chris Carter did. They are going to they're going to see this kid who's a quote machine, and they're like, "Time to sell papers." And then when he gets pissed at them, they're going to come back at him harder. It's he he should not go if he if he wants to speak this much. It's actually the worst place to go. And Boston would be right there in Philly, but they don't need a quarterback right now.
2: But the flip side is if it's a place that's less cosmopolitan, the things he says are going to offend people even more. But
1: it'll get less media coverage. And I think But the media, in town
2: it will be just as intense.
1: But I think the media is less competitive there. They're not going to bust his chops and try to go at him as much in New York. when I mean, it's intense competition to sell papers. You know,
2: this actually another circle here. I was talking about his naivete, his youth and experience is that's why Bill Belichick doesn't want to hear from you. He doesn't want, why? Why? Because I'm Bill Belichick and I'm telling you. Now, at a certain age, and that's, the Army's the same way, right? And I I was never in the service, but, uh, you know, my dad was, my grandfather was. I had some flavor from their stories. And obviously, to whatever degree movies depict it, and I think Full Metal Jacket is one that a lot of people think depicted it fairly accurately, you know, boot camp, is That sergeant doesn't want to hear your opinion. And you might think, oh, that's, you know, that's like a Nazi. We're fighting against that. No, it's when you're 20 years old, your opinion doesn't mean very much. And, hey, I get it. When I was 20, I had a lot of opinions. But I didn't, I wasn't mad that people weren't taking them seriously. Right? In a way, you've got to rise up to the point that people do take them seriously. You should respect them. Right? I I respect my niece's. 13, I respect she has a right to say what she says, but I'm not making decisions from it. (laughs) And and I mean, how different is it? And Josh Rosen could be a a certified genius. I don't think he is, but he could be. And I still would say the same thing, you know, which I think was part of what blew up with that. What was his, that hog? Was that his last name? The uh, guy from the kid from Florida. It's like a lot of people disagree with what he was saying. A lot of people would agree But I think a lot of people, especially the ones that disagreed, felt especially negative because it was like, who's this kid to tell me? And I I do think and again, not to get into that conversation, but more like I do think that with with age comes some wisdom that you can take it more seriously. And, you know, maybe when Rosen's 32, you know, like I think Peyton Manning had a lot to say about things at a certain point. I think you got to earn that. And Rose and I, so at this point, Kofi, when you're more, much more, or you're much less utilitarian than me, meaning saying another way is I'm matter of fact, it's, if it's business, I, I, I want to look at a spreadsheet, right? I love the artistic side of things, but ultimately a business has to be run as a business. As Jay-Z talks about <laughs> You you I think are less like that. I'm not I'm not saying you're extreme the other way, but I would downgrade Rosen significantly because of this stuff if I were a GM. Doesn't mean I wouldn't draft him, right? If he was there when he was sixteenth or seventeenth, I'd take him without even thinking about it. But do you take him first or you know, second, third, fourth? That's the question. How much do you downgrade Rosen because of this?
1: I think he's still worthy of a top five pick. It just has to be the right market. So. so
2: you're saying downgrade just a smidge. But if you were GM, you would think about the market fit to Rosen. Yes. And what is the right fit? Because you told me not big city. And I think we've already agreed is coach Morris and not small town. So what, what's this fit? The, the magical place that's liberal, but also with that. So like a Seattle, no, I don't,
1: I don't think it has to be liberal now. I just think it has to be smaller market where. So you think you do okay in Houston?
2: Okay. No. So it is about left and right.
1: Conservative uh, and liberal. Well, but Houston, we've now branded Houston. Well, Houston have, is have, in Texas too. Well, we've branded them heavily right because of Bob McNair. No, I. But think, it's Texas. I think markets. It's a right. red state. I think markets like Miami, Buffalo, Cleveland, and who else needs a quarterback? Arizona. You think
2: Cle- Cleveland is. Mi- you ever been in Cleveland? What was that scenario?
1: That's not great. <laughs> No, what what brought you oh, to oh, Cleveland? Oh, covering games. Okay. Covering games. I mean, but, it's
2: a small I mean, it's 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 like Right, but that 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 is going to work better with the but media. They're, but, they're not going to
1: have all these the you know seven heavyweights from radio and TV and newspapers going at the kid every day and he's going to play into it. He's totally going to play into it.
2: Yeah, downgrade. He won't be able to shut up. Hardest take of the week. And we've got a few rapid fire elements. And then get off my lawn, Steve Cofield says. (laughs) Mr. Cowherd, coming in, hottest take of the week. I was so shocked at this, I didn't even get the sound. I'm going to read it to you. I'm not even going to read it. I'm just going to tell you what he said. He had a fun thing today. We're taping on Thursday. And don't bet on it gets released Friday morning. Is He taped something and said, or I'm sorry, he said, I'm going to have a high- And a low end for these quarterbacks. Like if things go really well, this is how good I think they can be. And if they go poorly, this is how bad I think they can be. And he did a bunch of the quarterbacks. Only two jumped out. Sam Darnold, who he loves. And Josh Allen, who he hates. So for Josh Allen, he said his high, if everything falls perfectly, is Jay Cutler. That's it? That's it. That's the best you can hope for. If if all the chips fall perfectly, you're going to have a guy that they
1: want to run out of every town he's So that's in. like a 25th pick grade. That's maybe. I mean, we could argue that Cutler was good enough to be the end of the first round. He was a starting quarterback. You know, top 17 starting quarterback. Yeah, maybe. Most of his career. His talent certainly was. Yeah. He's a knucklehead. Okay. Low end? The biggest
2: bust in the history of the NFL, perhaps, Jamarcus Russell. So he he could be like, you shouldn't be drafted to the 25th pick. Okay. Sam Darnold. That's going to be harsh. Harsh. It's going to be a velvet glove (laughs) that vibrates. Just right. (laughs) Sam Darnold. High end. Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Yeah, top but, five quarterback of all time. But Josh Allen got Jay Cutler exactly, and his low end, Andrew Luck. <laughs> well, how is that a low end? That's the worst he can be if everything goes wrong. It will be, Sam Darnold will be as good as the highest rated quarterback since John Elway entering the draft, right? And I think even with the uncertainties about injuries and such, if we redrafted the NFL today with an eye towards um, age, right, where a Brady would go late, 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 because he's got a couple years at most left, I think unequivocally Andrew Luck's a top five pick. No doubt. So his worst case is going to be one of the five most valuable, a younger version of one of the five most valuable players in, in football.
1: So his, his, his worst case scenario is being a top seven quarterback on average in the league, but he's injured well, often. Yeah. That's the downside. Exactly. Come on now. <laughs> God, why? You brought you you're like one of the only people I heard bring up the Lombardi grade after the, the combine and what he was hearing around the league, and I just have heard no one else lean on that. Lombardi tore him apart and said evaluators around the league were unhappy on at least three different fronts with his, his uh his board work and his sloppiness. And Here, now now we're talking downside is Andrew Luck for Sam Darnold? Here's
2: what I don't get. I think Colin is super objective. I think people disagree with him a lot, but usually when the public disagrees with him, I tend to agree with him. So obviously, I think I'm right or I wouldn't have the opinion. So, and I get no sense that he, you know, the very often that he's like, you know, purposely saying something like to be like, uh, incendiary, like to get hot, you know. I mean, everyone does some of that, but I think on the spectrum, he's on the good side. He is it, so, but to me, this feels like even if he thought Darnold was going to be like one of the you know best quarterbacks of the last five years, he wouldn't be this adamant about it. It's almost like he's trolling people. He is. Do I you think, he think is. that's what it well, is.
1: We we talked about it a lot during the, the football but what's season. The, to
2: what end?
1: Like it just that makes him gotten, look disingenuous. I'm, do you think
2: it does to me? I don't like. I don't enjoy it because I enjoy listening to him feeling like I know. He's telling me what he thinks is the
1: truth. I don't think he's trying to speak to you. I think there's the lowest common denominator out there that he's trying to play to on Darnold because there's he got so much crap for Darnold during the college football season. I I, I would. Oh, so I'd come you in think here, this?
2: You think this is a continuation oh, of? Totally like, I'm going to double down. Yep. Because if he busts, I'm in trouble anyway. Yep.
1: Okay. I I told. But I would, then
2: why? But still, why be this over the top? I come like in
1: here like every Saturday after a big game where Darnold wasn't great. I'm like, Colin did it again. <laughs> He's poking at people. He's like, I don't care what he looked like tonight or today. He's the number one pick. He started doing this back in October. So I think he's just following through on it.
2: Last thing on this one. First off, I'm going to read the updated first round pick odds. Sam Darnold is favored minus 140. Josh Allen second plus 125. Mm. I bought him at at what? Plus 650. I think with us Uh, Barkley, six to one Rosen, 10 to one. Chubb twenty five to one, Mayfield thirty three. My wow, are getting long. To one, now last thing on this conspiracy theory. Colin moved his mock draft. Josh Allen's down number one, and Darnold's two. And the day before, is Christine in the news said there's one NFL network guy that I had never heard of that actually did a mock and had Island one. And Colin's like, well, that you buried the lead we should have been talking about that in the first hour. He goes, I'm going to do a mock draft tomorrow and I might make a change. And then he did. It's insane that he would make a change off of one NFL network guy. I'm going to say the following. This isn't even a conspiracy. This is an RJ bell
1: prediction. This is where I go. I go to Vegas via the coward global satellite network. RJ bell pregame.com.
2: Here's my prediction. <laughs> Colin's, and I, I I have no inside info on this. Colin is really tied in with Darnold, the family, USC. He knows those guys and gals. He, he somehow heard that Brown said, we're probably not going to take you. And he's letting this NFL Network guy saying, doing a mock draft, saying, oh, then I've got to change it. And now he's changing it because he wants to be right. Right. But he doesn't want to say how he knows because why else would he change it? Because all it does is if somehow Darnold goes number one, they're going to say, well, you, you wavered. So you don't really get credit. So he's that whole idea. I'm going to double down anyway. Just got swung by this.
1: What do you think? I think he's got inside information. Yeah. So, why else would but he? I, but I think even beyond the Darnold family stuff,
2: perhaps. Why else would he swing it or to make the
1: stance? Yeah. Sort of at the last minute. All right.
2: We're going rapid fire now. We got like seven, eight good topics, but like 90 seconds each. Start off UFC, Mayweather. You got, in fact, this is the only one we've got sound on. So let's play that one first. We have Dana White talking about saying, Hey, listen, if Mayweather, cause Mayweather's saying, Oh, it's about the money. Can the UFC come up with enough money? Well, if it's an ego challenge, Dana White's going to step up.
0: He knows the money's right. He knows the money's right. Yeah, yeah that's why he's even entertaining this. You know, I'm, I'm pretty confident that this will happen.
2: Confident it will happen. Two questions, Kofield. One, impressions in general. Two, odds it happens.
1: Uh, I'm starting to feel pretty good that it happens. There was a weird story that came out this week saying that if McGregor and Floyd meet in the cage, they're going to have modified rules. Basically, the modified rules are it's not MMA. So it was It's absurd. But I think it's like dirty boxing. No takedowns, no knees, no kicks. So they're never going to the ground.
2: Are they going to wear gloves? They're going to
1: wear the four ounce gloves. They'll have bare feet. feet. So Floyd's going to take that risk with the bare feet. That's it, though. So I think because that is starting to leak out, that it makes it a big possibility. And anyone who thinks the UFC or WME, their owners, uh, that they don't have the money, that's foolish. They have the money. They know they're going to make the money. So the money's there. He's right when he's giggling. Oh, he he knows the money's right.
2: (laughs) It was very weird. Are you mocking (laughs) borderline
1: billionaire Dana White? Yes. yeah. The guy at the cul-de-sac. I should not be mocking people who have (laughs) cul-de-sacs.
2: So I would have made a week ago, before I heard about the dirty boxing, I would have made my biggest bet of the year on the no. Here's why I'm thinking maybe now. One, I know Mayweather's never going to fight again. Because that 50-0 is too important to him.
1: He's never going to box again.
2: Never going to put that 50, and 0. And he
1: said that on the Showtime interview. I'm not, he definitively said not coming back to box.
2: Yeah, because if he even leaves that open, then when he doesn't do it, it, he looks weak. The fact he's saying it now means, I think reinforces my point. I never thought he'd fight in the UFC because I don't think he wants to lose. Because even, because it does two things. Not only does he lose, but it proves that UFC is more of a, cause remember the old Muhammad Ali, there's a famous story. He leaned down to his baby and says, your daddy's the toughest man in the world. Yeah. Cause the heavyweight champion was the toughest man in the world. Most people don't think that now, but a lot of people still do. The idea that, I mean, I think I've seen odds on it. If they had fought full MMA, you'd have McGregor what? Like minus a thousand, if not more.
1: Right. And the true odds are probably closer to minus 3000. Like,
2: you know, 3% chance. Right. So Mayweather's not going to lose 97% of the time for any amount of money or for even $100 million, I don't think, unless he's broke in a way we don't understand. But if he can have a shot where he's even 50 fit, so what are the, with the rules as you understand
1: them, what do you make the odds? They can clinch, but they kind of, they clinched in the freaking boxing match, so... Uh, I'd have to know all the rules that there's no way. Well, but what, from what you read, from what I read with these modified rules, uh, I'd have McGregor favored, but not by a whole lot, about a coin flip. All right, so one eighty. Can I can I mention one more thing that I heard this week on the money front? He needs the money.
2: Those rumors are always going to be out there, though. You trust it? Yes. All right. Yeah. Having trouble paying people? Then. Well, remember, employees. he gave the famous letter, like like, what, three years before that last fight, saying this is going to end very soon, you guys. So who knows? It seemed like he was setting up to let a lot of people go, but maybe he didn't want that. But here's the thing. If he can have a 40% chance, because if he does win, it's almost like he, with the rules the way they are now, if he has a chance to win, you could make the case it's gutsy. Now, you're a little more savvy saying, well, but... They're so different from MMA. It's still
1: gutsy, though. Yeah. It, it's still gutsy with the with the four-ounce gloves. And if they really allow a lot of clinching and there's more inside, you know, yeah. dirty fighting, that's not his game. So And he's got the hands that are just terrible. His hands are are uh, brittle now, so the, those small gloves are not going to help.
2: Yeah. So, to me, it's like, it, do you think, like, if you had to guess, what's his take going to be? Would it be 100 again?
1: Yeah, I don't think he does it for less than 100. And my guess is it could be upwards, depending on the pay-per-view it could be upwards of and international deals upwards of 150 175 million dollars they the ufc was talking about getting into boxing and signing anthony joshua the big heavyweight from great britain with a 500 million dollar deal like a five fight 500 million dollar deal cuz they think he, cuz he's filling 85,000 seat stadiums in england here's what i know if
2: if you offer dana white the following two scenarios there's no fight or Mayweather makes every dollar except McGregor money. McGregor makes his money and Mayweather gets everything else. Meaning net net, the UFC makes $0. What do you think he takes? Does he take that fight or does he have no fight? My point being that this will be worth a hundred million dollars or more publicity. But so I think, I think Mayweather knows that, so he's good. He figures he can really take, yeah. You know the ski
1: mask. I don't think he has to deal with that though. They're all going to make money, just like yeah, the but, last time. But around. what
2: happens if Floyd wants
1: that last thirty million? To my point a minute ago, maybe he's not in the negotiating position he was a couple years ago.
2: Okay, rapid fire as we continue. Andre Ingram, uh, ten years in the D League, the blow leagues in the NBA, the different names, three hundred eighty-four games, like a bull Durham type. Comes in and scores 19 points. I haven't seen even the, the most cynical person be anything but positive about this. Are you going to be the contradiction? The
1: integrity of the league. No, I thought it was awesome. Yeah. It's great. And it also it, it shows uh, how close that next level is. That those was those my G League players, that they, they, they're like right there, right below the NBA. And it's freaking hard. I think the NBA is the hardest league to make.
2: Especially in the last ten years, because before the Europeans, yep. but I mean, that's just it is truly is a world league
1: outside of baseball, and I guess if you want to roll in soccer internationally, but the pool they pull from is so much different than say the National Football League or the NHL.
2: Got to give Magic credit; he knows PR. Him physically being there was in every recounting of the story. It was cool, and then the crowd doing MVP. I thought it was very positive. Um, though in game two, he was two for nine with five points. But we will, the movie will end. <laughs> exactly. I wonder, boy, that, I'd watch that movie.
1: Yeah, if he's got a good backstory. Uh, cause I, cause you the know way, the ending. I thought the way they pulled it off, they're like, yeah, hey, the can, ending. Come in for the exit interview. You're going to the mix.
2: <laughs> and he also has a physics degree. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, in tutors. So, I mean, he's like a hyper intellectual guy that did the, and apparently he made um, 19,000 this year uh-huh. in the D League or G League. Uh-huh. And in two games, he made, 28,000.
1: <laughs> How cool is that? Yeah. The NBA minimum. All right. And at his age too.
2: college cheating, Kansas is in the mix. I have my very best friend was at KU for over 10 years. Big fan of the program. He said, it's all BS. They, again, this is his quote unquote biased opinion. All BS is his take being that no, that, that there was no coaches involved at all. And it, just the same, if I went, RJ Bell says I'm going to start playing UNLV players. I never even meet anyone there, and I get caught. I'm not going to do it. But would UNLV be blamed? Now, obviously Adidas is close, where they know the coaches. But assuming that no coach knew, can you blame Kansas?
1: I think coaches knew. So any, I'm not any buying proof? that. No, but I'm not buying it. I'm not buying that you have a related. It's the top Adidas school, and the one kid who apparently got somewhere between twenty and forty thousand dollars, Silvio D'Souza, was headed to Maryland and Under Armour, because Maryland's under armor, because Kevin Plank went there, and then out of nowhere, decides to go to the Adidas School, Kansas. And the, the other one that's damning is Billy Preston. The other guy reportedly got $90,000. RJ, he didn't play this year. You know why? Not because of this, because he was embroiled in some sort of car deal that they had to investigate. And he just said the hell with it and left the country to go play basketball elsewhere. So it's not Billy Preston isn't just Adidas money. He was getting a car on campus. Now, if you want to, you know, poo-poo that and say, hey, everyone does that. Well, they got caught for it.
2: But still, the coaches aren't involved, are they?
1: So- I think at least one coach on the staff is involved.
2: But again, I mean, zero proof.
1: I think they've got a bag, man. And, and it's funny because
2: on PTI, they had the, one of, them, I can't remember, had the same kind of critical opinion. And it goes to show you there's been so many perfunctory denials and so much just disingenuous talk that no one is believed anymore. And I'm not sure if, no. the, if they're supposed to be in this case, because but- pretty much everything you said proves that maybe that proves that money has a, a, an effect on where a kid goes. Doesn't prove that Kansas did it. Like, if yourself, and somehow it's kind of illogical why someone chose you late, what do you do? Do you go to the NCAA and say, listen, I had nothing to do with none of my coaches did. Maybe this kid got money because I thought he was going to Maryland. I mean, like... These
1: guys know, though. And, and Louisville is also going to need school. So we just assume that Louisville knew about the potential payoffs to Brian Bowen, but the Kansas staff is like, what? Wow, these players keep landing in our laps. What good fortune.
2: little Vegas news. The Golden Knights... We talked to Matty Holt, CG Technology. He told us this would be the biggest futures loss ever in the NHL if the Golden Knights win. The other 15 teams, all profitable, meaning (laughs) betters lose, books win. Historic loss if the Golden Knights win. Rationale, a lot of kind of Chicago Cup-type $20 tickets on the Knights. You're doing 15 hours here in town, which you're – give me one thing – our average non-Vegas listener doesn't know about the nights. It could be their chances to win something else. Just give me something.
1: I mean, they opened up somewhere around two hundred yeah. eh, to win the cup, and their over under was sixty eight and a half for points, and they went over a hundred points. So, I mean, it's a historic. No expansion teams ever done this. So, of course, it makes sense that if they offered somewhat true odds, which probably they weren't, they should have been like five hundred to one <laughs> that they're going to get slaughtered on this
2: WrestleMania upsets. We were talking about how oftentimes favorites do well a lot of upsets my take on it is if there's extreme odds on events that people could know about like minus 1500 minus 2000 chances are there's inside information that that got out if it's just reasonable odds oh you know Lesnar was plus 350 or whatever i think if anything the WWE specifically doesn't want every, every story to go the way people think. Right. So if anything, this is kind of complicated, but extreme odds, I think you go with favorites or at least stay away from the dogs. But with normal odds, I think you, you know, within a normal range, I think you assume specifically with the scripted WWE, they're going to want to throw in some surprises. Did you watch?
1: No. Uh, much of the feedback was great event until the main event. People were pissed off about Lesnar winning because... The betting and then just the general public who don't bet thought that Lesnar was done, that he's going to UFC. So that's what shocked everybody.
2: But in a way, that's a fun swerve, right? Because apparently like he it. only signed for one more match, is what they're saying. Yep.
1: But he actually, uh, Roman Reigns got bet up, went from seven fifty to eight fifty. You got a bigger payoff throughout the day if you bet late on Lesnar at plus four fifty.
2: Now we didn't say anything about Clay Travis. We have to include him. This is great. Is He did a rant about Zuckerberg from Facebook's haircut. Here's the quote. Every PR person at Facebook should be fired on the spot for letting this happen. (laughs) I mean, do you think he's trolling now? Meaning that he's saying I have an opinion on everything. Yes, he's trolling.
1: And you need to come over the top and fire back at him. What'd you say about me and Dana White? Am I mocking on a billionaire?
2: Yeah. I'm not mocking him. I'm no, saying he
1: is going after a billionaire.
2: Oh, well, that's part of his thing, though, right? It is. I mean, it's different. But, th-
1: but think about it, like but, it actually does. It works so well because there's, there's probably a few, well in his audience are probably like screw Zuckerberg. Uh, but there are people in the audience who are like, bro, you do radio. You're mocking on a, on a guy who's worth uh, whatever he is, $30 billion. Here's the difference, though.
2: If you're national and you're fighting, like people, you know, they're fighting even President Trump or whatever, on a national scale, nothing really tends to happen. You're in a town that Dana White is probably one of the seven or eight most powerful people in Las Vegas, and you're doing local radio, and, and you are known as a Dana White. Let's just say you're very um, critical fairly
1: don't want to succeed.
3: Got a lot of holes in the desert.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're bringing it up. Last thing I'm going to, about
1: Zuckerberg. I stuff. am completely self-destructive. <laughs> Is I'll admit that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they have written articles about the millions of dollars that Zuckerberg has spent on communications experts to get ready for this. Because they said after his first day supposedly went well... His net worth went up $5 billion. You don't bring in the biggest experts? I think he got a doofus haircut even more than usual. Because when you think of doofus, do you think of power? Do you think of, let's be scared of the doofus? If he came in not looking all, like yeah. Gordon Gecko, uh-huh. does that help him or hurt him? He's hurt not him. on a job interview.
1: Yeah. Very hateable. He's very hateable if he looks all slick. If he looks like a dork, people are like, I feel sorry for him. Yeah, maybe not feel sorry for him,
2: but how dangerous could he be?
1: How dangerous could he be? Okay.
2: I am guaranteeing they do A-B testing on everything. They did, I I don't know for sure, they did computer mock-ups with him with a bunch of haircuts and put it in front of thousands of people (laughs) saying, who's the most dangerous guy? And they pick the least dangerous or how dangerous is this fellow? Right, And they pick the least dangerous
1: haircut. This is the best crossfire we've ever done. (laughs) You and Clay Travis fighting over a doofus haircut.
2: (laughs) Now, all this is goofy. This is even goofier. The players' associations, there's apparently some association of league player unions. They said, "Hey, we we want we we hear this gambling might be happening. How do we get involved?" And somehow now the players seem to be saying, and they did a full statement. I put it out on my Twitter at RJ Vegas. They said they have a right to determine if you bet on them or not. Like somehow them acquiescing, them being okay with this, their approval is what's necessary for illegal gambling to happen. So my tweet was, retweet if you find this concept absurd, full disclosure, I bet a buddy that many of you will RT and I didn't even ask for permission to make a bet about you. So guys, I'm telling you, whoever wants to come after me, Go ahead. I am going to potentially bet on how fast subway sandwiches are going to be made. I'm going to potentially bet on will a guy pick his nose across the buffet. (laughs) I I am not going to ask permission if I want to bet on some third party. What do you think?
1: You're a scoundrel. I can't believe you're
2: doing this. (laughs) Last one
1: before get off my lawn. Patrick Reed, a villain, it would seem. Take. He's got a lot of bad points. Uh, on his resume that would have him wearing the black hat and i didn't really i didn't know the story so he he basically is cam newton basically is cam newton cam newton got booted from florida goes to auburn wins a national championship reed goes to georgia is accused of cheating on his scores stealing money and a putter from a teammate gets booted goes to little augusta state wins a national championship now we know both of been covered differently because golf is not covered like the other sports. I think they try to cover everything up. Now the the other element here is Patrick Reed has a family deal like Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't talk to his family. His family was there, like two miles away, crying. And apparently the wife, Reed's wife is like, nope, don't want him around. They're never coming around. They actually showed up to, I think it was a US Open, she got him kicked off the course. This is great. I love this. <laughs> no. I am hundred percent he's my second favorite player now. I love Patrick Reed. Do you love him because you hate him? No, I love him because everyone else hates him. What? But as you <laughs> read
2: all this, how, yeah. how critical would you legitimately be if you weren't being a hot take, hot shot?
1: How critical would I be of his problems in the past?
2: Yeah, of his history. Not much. Yeah. The
1: I old, want to hear both sides of the story. And uh, hey, you know what? Sometimes people don't like you. That's what happens.
2: The older I get, the more I feel sorry. One thing I found is... Uh, there's people that had good upbringings that are problem, you know, that are uh, not great people. Sure, but man, when people do have very and I don't know his exact upbring, but when they do have very difficult upbringings, for someone to be a good person after that, it, it, boy, it's a long shot. And and again, uh,
1: if you have I'm, crap parents, yeah, parents I think were, if you uh, have, have one good parents.
2: parent, if you have one good parent, you can make it. I've known. I don't know, 20, 30 people that had no good, neither
1: Just both junk.
2: Yeah. Maybe one's gone and one's a drug user. Right. I mean, it's tough. And to me, anyone that that is able to start with that disadvantage and, and make advancements, even if they have some quirks, you know, even if they were, you know, bad 20% of the time, as long as that bad's not criminal, you know, I, I think it's too easy. It's back to what we talked about. It's one thing to look at Westbrook and judge and, If the debate is, should he be Wilt Chamberlain or Michael Jordan? He's not so bad even if he's Wilt. But if the debate is, hey, this guy's a bad guy and what a piece of crap, it's like I I don't like those debates because, you know, they'll walk a mile in their shoes. Now, when I know the context, I'm not afraid to judge harshly. Sure. And I'm also not afraid to make the best business decision because I know I'm not the only game in town. If I don't want to hire someone, it's not like they're going to work at McDonald's, right? I don't think like that. But in general – when when someone had a tough upbringing, I think more people, I think people would improve, would be better off if they were a little more, I think, um, sympathetic to how tough that is.
1: Long range on this, I can't wait for the U.S. Open because I want to see how the crowd reacts and if. This, now that the story's out, I wonder if Reed is just going to get booed all the time, which I think is great for golf. Almost it's like a heel. Stop with the polite clap. We're not. You, we know you're not rooting for everyone. We know. We watched the end of the Masters. It was, it was like a dull roar. People weren't even cheering for the guy. He won the Masters.
2: Well, this two hours was all just a run-up to (laughs) get off my lawn.
1: I don't apologize to
0: take
2: care of my family. You don't apologize being a get-off-my-lawn guy, Steve Cofield. Go.
1: Man, I'm irked by HBO. They just put out two different pieces, and I was let down by both. Have you had a chance to watch Paterno or Andre the Giant?
2: No, but I've heard good things about Andre, and I'm going to watch them both.
1: I don't want to ruin Andre for you. I just didn't. Think, Andre has a posse. I just didn't feel like they had a lot of new stuff on Andre. I feel like I had seen a lot of it. Now, again, I'm probably not the audience because I like wrestling. And actually what I did like is seeing him against all the old opponents. Cause I could name every one of them. I was like, "Oh, there's magnificent Morocco. And you know, it was the that, Asiatic spike. That was freaking, that was cool. Uh, but I didn't think it was great, and I thought Paterno was terrible.
2: Was it because you didn't like the politics of it, or, or the point of view, or was it the... I mean, Pacino's Pacino.
1: Yeah, that's the problem, is Pacino can't do anyone other than Pacino anymore. Like, it wasn't even a good Joe Paterno. Did I, you see Danny Collins? No.
2: that's a, Of the late Pacino, that's a, a fun movie. Okay.
1: I just... Paterno has a certain voice, and he, he didn't get the voice. It was just Al Pacino, like... Yelling, not yelling, but Did he say uh, Grumbling I like about. A bigger- <laughs> I mean, it was. Gonna be, I, I, you know, I, I'm trying to think if he yelled at all. He, I think he snapped at one point. Um, I just think. think I thought it was poorly done, and I thought it gave Joe Paterno a complete soft touch.
2: Really, because yep. what I read said it said the implication was he knew more than he led on publicly.
1: I thought they made him look like a doddering old fool who just didn't understand what Sandusky was doing. He understood. He understood. And there's a history with Paterno and Sandusky going back to the 70s. There are stories of Paterno being told in 71, in 76, in the early 80s. Let's
2: assume Paterno knew. Explain to me the rationale of of covering it. I could get if he said, you've got to leave this program and I'm not going to report you to the police. Now. I totally get that people would be critical of that saying, well, how many other people did you let get molested or whatever? But I understand the logic of Paterno doing that if he had. Right. Obviously, he didn't. What's the logic of saying I'm going to attach myself? He wasn't that good of a defensive coordinator. I'm going to attach myself to a guy that if he's ever found out, it's going to bring me down.
1: Because he trusted it would never get out. He's (laughs) all-powerful and Penn State is intimidating and many people, I think, dozens. So that's
2: his evil. He thought... You're saying Paterno knew there'd be you know, over the next, you know, over the next 20 years, if we stay together, there'll be dozens of kids molested and it's okay because he's that good of a defense. I think he was in day.
1: denial that it was happening. And then when he got now, really, that, good if proof, that's
2: true, then that's a different argument is he should have known it was happening, but he didn't. But if he didn't know it's happening, what's he supposed to do?
1: I think part of it was denial because it was convenient for him. So it didn't upset the apple cart and didn't screw up his football program. And then when he really got proof of it, someone else said, Hey, I witnessed it. McCreary. And what year was that supposed to be? That was 98. Okay. And then it happened again in 2001. But you'll remember Sandusky was 55 years old, was up for the Virginia head coaching job. Mysteriously, Virginia pulls the plug, not interested. And then Sandusky walks away in 98, 55 years old as a DC at Penn state. And then I, we have no proof of this, but I actually think he kind of leaned on Penn state and was like, okay, I'll walk away, but I can talk about this if I want. And then I'm going to take down the program. So give me my little office and I have access to your locker uh, locker room and shower facilities and weight room. Why do, they, why do they do that? I, I still can't figure out why they let him stay around at all.
2: What's the consensus opinion? Like, if you went and read everything that smart people have written about this, what's the consensus opinion about what went, like, Paterno's culpability?
1: Outside of the Penn State community? Yes. I think there are some people like me who believe he's so there's, super. So there's, there's varied opinions. I think I'm in the minority.
2: Where you're more critical.
1: Yes. So most I think there are a lot of people just who just know. do not want to believe that Joe is but, but you're would trying to
2: figure out why they think that. But, right. but objectively, that's what they think. Yes. Here's what I'll say, and I have no idea, and I'm not an expert on
1: it. Watch this. the movie. Definitely.
2: No, I will. But yeah. I still won't be an expert, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: But I'll say And that, the movie won't make you an expert, by the way.
2: I'll say one thing. Yeah. Is my grandfather and Paterno's almost the exact same age, um, and obviously Joe Paul's dead, is the and my grandfather at 95, he's, he's, he's chugging, right? A little slower than usual. And then in the past is Italian. My grandfather, 100% Italian. He was born in Italy. Um, paterno, you know, very Italian. They talked the same way. They, I mean, it was freaky. Like, and they look very, you know, not very similar, similar, you know, same nationality. And here's one thing I saw with my grandfather when, even when he was in his 50s or whatever, the idea of, Perversion wasn't even contemplated. It was like so in the closet, and I'm not talking about gay specifically, but so in the closet, you know, because that phrase in the closet. I'm saying any perversion, gerbils or lesbianism or uh, strap on, like anything. I'm not just talking about gay homosexuals of either gender or you know the the spectrum. None of that, which obviously wasn't an interest or as much talked about back then. It was just like, if somehow that came up on TV, he'd make a face and change the channel. Like, so I'm not saying Paterno was like that, but boy, I think in that... And I'm guessing you knew people that would have been about 95 now, if not alive still. And you were in an ethnic environment in Jersey. Would you agree that in that generation, that was prevalent?
1: What, uh, that they they couldn't deal with it or they couldn't even think of it? They just, from the time they were kids, the
2: idea of... Thinking about that or or spending any time on it or bringing it into the light. Now, obviously, if you know something's going on, your distaste to bring it up doesn't is no excuse. But it might explain why the idea he couldn't contemplate it. Like like he couldn't like, oh, that can't be was maybe because in his mind, this was a good man, because why would he partner with them? For all those decades, and a good man would never do something like that.
1: That could be part of it. Certainly, we have the ultimate example with the Catholic Church. Yeah, but that, and again, I'm
2: Catholic. So am I. But but certainly, there were people that that were clear-eyed, and they made decisions to say, "Ship this guy here, ship this guy here," because we don't want the heat. So I think there's a ton of culpability there. I, I right?
1: think Paterno was a lot closer to what the Catholic Church did, where they they ship people around, they moved them around, they knew what was going on. Nice. This is a this is a long conversation. Yeah. But uh, I feel really strongly about this. And, 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 and I and, think
2: uh, a lot of people do. And, right? and,
1: uh, and I, I think we need to be more angry about stuff like this. If our as a society, if, our, if our prior generations couldn't step up and put a stop to it, we need to call them out and we need to do better.
2: My very last point, though, I don't necessarily want to go over the breakfast club and and, and critique the sexism or, or whatever of the breakfast club, which there's a while Ringwald got a lot of attention. Did you read that article? No, what happened? Oh, it it just, she did a complete, I mean, it's, I don't want to try to recap it, but she did a complete reappraisal of John Hughes movies. Oh, really? Yeah, which I gotta read that. Again, I think it's, I mean, if you watch even like the shows, (laughs) it's funny now, you watch the shows that were super liberal in like even 2000. Yep. You know, there there's always gay jokes, even in yeah. those shows. And it's like today, it, you know, just because of the culture, it makes you cringe. Why don't, why, like,
1: why don't I let you inside some of my oddness? I actually listen to the Broadway channel from time to time on Sirius <laughs> XM and the King and well, I, comes hold on, on, hold on. That's Steve Cofield. I know. I'm R.J. The King and I comes on, and I'm like, oh my God, the, the Asian stereotypical <laughs> voice and delivery here. This, this would never fly now. <laughs> That's a classic. I had to retire my
2: confused Asian on this trip. Imitation. <laughs>
1: big times have changed, <laughs> and I, you know, what? I, I'll say I was culpable in in radio of doing stupid jokes, and
2: oh, so you're you're laying the groundwork when you get a big gig and it's uncovered. Like you're already apologizing. No, I'm not apologizing. <laughs> the tastes are probably gone, right? We brought, <laughs> no, they're, they're brought probably, it full circle. They're, they're probably still around. The, I, I, very I actually, last comment. Uh, in fact, I'll start the the fade-out music <laughs> Shut so, up, so no one thinks that it, I'm not serious. With the church, obviously it's no excuse. But if you truly believe that the church is saving the world, Catholic church or whatever church... It makes sense you're going to say, hey, whatever consequence, you know, like going to war, you know, people's going to die. The question is, are the death worth what you're trying to fight over? Right. World War II, a lot of people died. But we all you know most people think that was a good war. Uh, you know, the best of war can be is if the true believers in the church, it makes sense. You'd say, hey, X number of kids, that's a shame. But saving the world is worth it. I don't agree. But because I don't think humans can make calculations like that. But Paterno didn't think the Penn State program was that special. So how in the heck could I still don't understand how he could have rationalized it. But we'll continue this debate. I'm sure we'll be back next week with don't bet on it.